I just thought it was going to be better, you know, but you pay all that money for the ticket and then you set up in the nosebleeds. Did the championship change hands? I don't know, dude. I mean, maybe. What do you mean? What do you, were you drunk? It's like the, I don't know. One guy came out and he, you know, he jabber jawed a bunch and then, I don't know. I don't know. I just sat there stone faced, to be honest. Was this the, uh, the wrestling match you went to yesterday? <sighs> this has been all day, dude. Sounds like it was a wee bit disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, just go. I've tried to tell the, him. He's, did you at least find yourself he, getting pished? Why is he doing the voice? He doesn't know that he's doing it. He's doing it so much. He just doesn't know that he's doing yeah, it. Yeah, I was drunk the, at the wrestling What you lads you? having a little secret powwow for? He's <laughs> talking about are you in a? Wrestling. Are you doing a little bit of a rugby scrum there, putting no, your no, heads wrestling. down and? Yeah, it was wrestling. It was like uh, you know, stone. No, I mean just now when you guys were whispering or something. Yokozuna. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a boisterous Japanese warrior. Anyway, uh, I've been here for eight hours. Yeah, the wrestling match kind of sucked, and honestly, I just. Kind of left early and hung out in the parking garage for a while. Was there any cool shit happening? Were you responsible and called an Uber? (sighs) Yeah, sure. What? Yeah. An Uber. Uber? I think he's saying He said he got proper pissed, so I was wondering if he called an Uber. Well, I didn't want to leave my car over. You know, it would have been expensive to leave the car there overnight. How do you take a proper piss? He got proper pissed. Oh, I thought there was like some rules I wasn't following. He probably had uh, one or two more beers than he should have had. A proper piss is when you what did he say? You pull it out and then you knight your own penis and then <laughs> proceed to urinate. Which I did it's do in, at the it's event. Important, it's important to unsheathe that before you pish, right? What? Can't be getting your, your drawers all soggy. Yeah, can't be doing that. Yeah. How many bathroom beers have you had? Yeah, how many beers have you had? That's a great question, Dan. Hmm. How long have you been here? He was in here when I got opened the place up. Well, so you must have got what, what proper day pissed. Shit, what, what day of the week are we talking? Ah, uh, he's shit-faced. Good God. Oh, shit. <laughs> are you saying I'm not on shift anymore? How long? I don't, how long which you one are you want to pull out your cellular device and store. call me an Uber? A what? You want us to call you an Uber now? Call me an Uber. Okay. Take out I'm your about phone. To, I'm Take about to get off. Phone. I'll just use your little you have a, to you have a the phone. dials and bring me. Yeah, where'd your phone, phone go? Me phone's in the pisha. You left it in the bathroom? Me got proper pished, went to okay. take a wee, dropped Your me mobile? Old, All right. Dropped Dan. me mobile. That's right. Mobile is probably, I dropped me mobile in the pisha. Dan, I'm just going to level. I show pished, I dropped my mobile what? in the pisha. I'm going to level with you. Bones and I I'm are both so pished. proper pissed right now, so you're going to have to call the Uber <laughs> or whatever. Look, I've had a couple bathroom beers myself, I got apparently I need some more. Me got so pished, I lost my mobile in the pisha. 
Uh, all right. We Look. got show pish that I got burning. It's almost closing time. We got show pish I had an interview two days ago and I didn't get the job. For some last she got mad because I ran out a minute, but I told her I dropped it in the pish. And then she said, you can no longer right. have Guinness when you go to yeah. the bathroom, you lose your mobile. Jesus. All right, Karan, this is we're about to close. I made a kill. I'm loving it. <laughs> it's come on, brother. No, it's two of them. God damn it. All right, we're closing the store. I need to get properly pissed. And we're just going to watch a movie. Okay, guys? I got pro- is that is that fine with you? My, <laughs> my last, she got upset and said, "I can't have any more." I got the you perfect don't have movie for to this. Rhyme when you sing in this method. This now week on Five Day Rentals, it's Highlander. Got so pissed to drop my mobile in the pisser, mobile in the pisser, mobile in the pisser. For real though, I needed fucking Uber, dudes. Welcome back, everybody, to the Five Day Rentals podcast. We are the video store podcast where each week we take turns picking a flick that we can or that meets a fun non genre category. This round's category is The Bond is Not Enough. And this week's pick is Highlander from 1986. Welcome, everybody. Um, as always, I'm Laundry Dan. I'm going to be taking you through this. Um, this journey tonight i got my two other immortal podcast buddies here with me as always mr cron howard and mr bones gentlemen how are we never better dan i have been around since 1583 so you look like it i know (laughs) i can feel it pendejo Oh, oh i feel it Ah, well, guys, um, we're all nervous. You shouldn't be because we have a special guest here tonight with us coming all the way from beautiful Las Vegas. He is a writer and a film critic for multiple outlets. He is also one of the hosts of the brilliant, always entertaining, awesome movie year podcast. Please welcome Josh Bell to the show, guys. Hey, thanks for having me. Thanks, man. Thanks for happy joining to, us. Happy to be here with these immortals. You must have a lot of time to watch movies. Been living mm-hmm. forever. That's all I would do if I lived forever. This is my life. I would just watch more movies, I think. I think canonically we're like stuck in a time loop in this video store. Mm-hmm. Oh, like okay, yeah, right. so it I didn't it mean to mess with way. I didn't mean to mess with canon. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so you're not the sequel it's, to Highlander. Yeah, no, or the TV show, or the animated. I don't even know how many of them are there. Whatever they are, there's there's so many things and so much screwed up continuity there. So no, not doing that. 
I'm going to leave you guys in your little world. Well, how deep have you gotten into? Because I've watched Highlander one twice now and none of the others. You know, I'm not that far uh, ahead of you, really. I I know that uh, Dan said, I don't know if you picked this movie because you thought it was a movie I would like or that it was just you were to talk about this movie and discovered that it was a movie I might like. Um, but it's not like this is my favoritist movie of all time. I have also seen it twice, once for this podcast and once just like a year or two ago. I do enjoy it. I, I like it a lot. I'm glad to be here to talk about it. But I have seen... Highlander 3, unfortunately, um, when uh, when it came out in theaters. I think one of the reasons that I never saw Highlander, the original, until just like a, a couple years ago or whatever that was, was because uh, as a teenager, I went to the theater for some reason with my friend because we probably just saw whatever was playing at the time. And we saw Highlander 2, or Highlander 3, rather. And it was so horrendously bad that it was like, why would I ever even entertain the possibility of experiencing this franchise again. So that is the extent having seen Highlander three, like 30 years ago or something. And, and the original a couple times, I never watched the TV show or any of those other versions. I think some of them are probably not bad though. I don't know. You guys, are you other, are you guys bigger fans of the rest of this series? Well, they'll be scared now because they'll think that I'm going to throw in one of the Highlanders later on in the show somewhere. So I'm sure they won't move on with it. I'm. I think Bones. You might be a completist. I'm not sure. No, no. I no, no. I grew up. My mom was a big Highlander fan, so Highlander was on all the time, and the show, particularly in syndication, was something that she would throw on. But I could never follow it. It wasn't until I was a little older that I realized that, like, oh, he's just a cousin. He's not him. And I watched Highlander two maybe two years ago and what they have to, the little magic that they have to like literal magic that they have to do to bring Connery back and explain their relationship in more detail is one of the more like fanciful, um, like canon rewrites that I can think of. So, but yeah, I mean, my mom was a huge Connery head. So like anything Connery was on constantly. Who was it? Her? Yeah, was oh, it his good looks or his acting? Both. Yeah, that's what she always said about I him mean, too, though. I mean, the dude is phoning it in and is just outclassing maybe everybody but Clancy Brown, right? I mean, could uh, he have been the lead here and nobody would have had an issue? <laughs> it would have made a lot more sense. <laughs> well, I mean, where he's from, yes, but yeah. You got the Scottish guy playing the Egyptian Spanish guy and the French guy playing the Scottish guy. I mean, obviously. I do I do love Christopher Lambert's attempt to do like the French version of a Scottish accent or something in the flashbacks in this movie. It's uh it's rough some at points. I was like, what is that? But man, it adds to the weirdness in such a special way though. It's mm-hmm. I had a huge smile on my face this week watching this bad boy, like looking over at my wife and her just shaking her head like, what is this? So, when, uh, yeah, I'll jump ahead. When Clancy shows up with the paper clips in his neck, she was like, this is a fucking you movie. Absolutely. But, yep. Yep. I don't think my wife made it a fourth the way into this movie before she gave up. So, 
I played about half the other night, and she was on her phone the whole time, so she wasn't. I think she glanced up. Disrespectful. Sean Connery, and I was like, yeah. <laughs> Josh, we're getting a little ahead know. of ourselves. I oh, guess shit. so, but I'm, I'm getting uh, so much insight into your personal lives here. So <laughs> I was to answer the Connery being lead question. I mean, if it was made 20 years before, maybe, because does he swing a sword once? Like, I mean, obviously, he's got like a foam sword in some of the close ups, but really any of the main like sparring is obviously a stunt guy. I mean, he was only on for like a week, right? A million bucks for a week. Yeah. Filmed it all in one yeah. week. Jeez. Although, isn't this, this is like, what, three years after Never Say Never Again or something when he was still Bond or was Bond again <laughs> briefly? So yeah. maybe it's possible he could have. Okay. I mean, I don't. I agree with you. I don't think it probably would have worked. But but I could see some studio executive saying, "No, no, no. We got to get. I don't care if it's a bad idea. We got to get Connery for this." Like Connery's in. Okay, you can have the money here. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. For That's sure. how we're going to greenlight the movie. We are jumping ahead a little bit, Josh. Please uh, tell the folks out there where they can find you and uh, what you're up to and all that fun oh, fun stuff. Mm-hmm. That stuff. Sure. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Well. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've got Awesome Movie Year. Like you said, it's uh, the podcast that I co-host with comedian Jason Harris, uh, produced by podcaster extraordinaire David Rosen. And you can find that at awesomemovieyear.com, at uh, Awesome Movie Year on Facebook and Instagram, at Awesome Movie Pod on Twitter. And what we do there is each season, we look into a different year in film history. And each episode is a different film from that year from various different categories. And uh, I'm not sure when this is going to come out, but we're either right about to wrap up our season on the films of 1953, or getting into our new season, which has not been announced yet. So... You can uh, learn about that on our social media. But uh, my stuff, uh, my writing, as you said, is in various places all over. But uh, if you want to check out all the things I do, I am on Facebook at Josh Bell Hates Everything and on Twitter and Letterboxd at Signal Bleed. And you can check out my reviews that I write online. Uh, I'm on uh, TV and radio here in Las Vegas and uh, try to funnel all that stuff through the social media. So that's plenty. Yeah, man. Like I said, I've been listening to the show. I think I've, I did find you on Letterboxd. I did All see right. you uh, logged uh, Infinity Pool. Eh? Nay? Yeah? Oh, yeah. Infinity Pool was good. Yeah, All yeah. Right. I, I watched the screener last night, and uh, it was. Uh, we have uh, an upcoming Brandon Cronenberg-related Awesome Movie Year episode, and uh, so I was checking well, all that, that stuff out. Is. Yeah, that's uh, well. Here, I'll give I'll give away to your listeners a little hint. Uh, that's like that's going to be antiviral, which is his first film, and uh, but Infinity Pool, cool stuff. Uh, I I've liked all his work actually, so yep. maybe he'll direct uh, the Highlander reboot. That feels so weird. <laughs> it would I? I'll take it. I want yeah. somebody weird. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, man. Go ahead. Since go. you're out in Vegas, uh, does. The whole town gather together once a year to watch Scorsese's Casino. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I have seen that a, a couple times. And, uh, you know, between that and I, I'm, I'm very well versed in various Vegas movies. So that is certainly up there. But I, I feel like, you know, we'd watch The Hangover maybe or uh, uh, Leaving Las Vegas or Showgirls, one of those. But uh, 
we, we do get those in uh, repertory kind of, uh, you know, theaters want to trot out something Vegasy and they show that. But there's a whole range. We could do a whole podcast about Vegas movies. Hell yeah. Do a, do a whole category. Right. Totally. Could I ask you, do you, doing your, your show, have you identified your favorite year so far? Um, my favorite year that we've covered on the show or in the whole of history of movies? I'll take either. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I, we always have a slight tension because I'm always, I'm really big on older films. And so I'm always pushing for us to look further back in film history. And uh, my co-host Jason is, I think, more attuned to what might get us more listeners. And so wants <laughs> us to talk about more recent films, which I totally respect. So we kind of, we kind of go back and forth that way. I feel like maybe 1967 was the most, possibly the most exciting year that we've covered so far. It was a really fascinating year in terms of transition with the French New Wave building and uh, the new Hollywood just about to get started. Um, there's a lot of artistic upheaval going on so that was pretty fun in terms of the range of movies that we covered but as we say in our dumb tagline like every year is an awesome movie year and even when we have kind of disputes over what we're going to do no matter what we settle on there's always good movies to talk about like I said I just watched that Brandon Cronenberg movie the other day and was excited to watch that and that's something very recent so I'm still hoping we're going to go even further back we just did 1953 which was the oldest year that we've covered and I'm pushing for us to go back into the 30s and 40s. We'll see if we get there. Damn. Can Jason handle that? <laughs> he can handle it, I think. I think he can. Uh, we've had a rough time a little bit in 53. I, was I think say, partially. 53's, yeah. He's not liking too much. <laughs> I think in part it's just sort of the the particular selections that we ended up with because I know he does like older films and and I think really like I said I think his interest is more in like we want people to listen to the podcast and general audiences are probably more attuned to like movies from the last 20 30 years than they are movies from 60 or 70 years ago and I understand that. So you know, we try to get a balance. We've done it long enough that hopefully we have some people who will just listen to whatever we're talking about. Oh, I love it, man. I like how you guys go into the reviews as well. I think on the last episode, you guys were naming one of the critics and I was like, that's fucking hilarious. You guys are know who they are. <laughs> yeah, well, we've done that enough. I think that especially when you talk about the same like major publications and they've got the same critics, you know, we, we come to be familiar with them more than just like Roger Ebert or someone like that, that a lot of people know who it is. So thank you though. I I'm glad that you, that you listen and you appreciate it. Yeah. I've had a lot of fun. I've been, I'm, I am guilty of going through like your backlog and like, Oh, Ghostbusters blues brothers, like getting those yeah. two. But I think that's a good start to kind of, you get a feel for the show and then you want to go deeper. So I, yeah. We have a bad problem of picking something that's maybe five years old, and somebody's <laughs> like, "What the hell is Bushwick? I've never even heard of this." So, um, doesn't matter what we pick, we're we're between a rock and a hard place. Yeah, it's a tough it's a tough balance, but mm -hmm. uh, but I appreciate that, and I'm I'm actually kind of with you. I, as a listener, I will I'm not the kind of person who will sit down to listen to like an hour long discussion of a movie I've never seen. And so I will also cherry pick like that listening to podcasts like, Oh, I know that movie. Let me hear that episode about that one. So mm -hmm. I'm with you on that. Yeah. You always run into the thing of like, Oh, I should really get around to watching that someday. And then I'll go back and 
get to the podcast. So, right. Yeah. And that's cool about, you know, if it's if it's more we try to make it a bit evergreen. And if you happen to watch a movie that we talked about on an episode from two years ago, you could listen to it now and it hopefully would still provide you some value. So that's what we're trying. Well, hell yeah, well, hell yeah man. Thank you. <laughs> Well, we're glad to have you. We're going to apologize in advance. Um, look, if we get off the rails, just go with it. Um, <laughs> if you have anything to add, just stop me at any point, interrupt me. That's the show. We're used to that. So, uh, like I said, man, if we're ready to get into Highlander from 1986, then let's fucking do it. Cue the yeah. queen, buddy. I'm a, I'm a king, bro. Oh, shit. I've been around since 1293. All right. That's longer than Kron. Yeah. And, and I'm actually Kron's dad. <laughs> I'm actually Kron's dad. How you can't have kids, though. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. And we'll, we'll talk about that at the very end of this movie. <laughs> Put your hats on, boys. Highlander from 1986, directed by Russell McCallney. Is, what, no? Mulcahy. <laughs> I've been practicing all fucking week. God damn it. Uh, also, put your hats on, boys. It's a cannon. Hey. Boom. Yeah, I've seen it tonight. Good job, Kron. It's, he turned the movie off after that. From mm-hmm. the dawn of time. Yeah, I already knew it was came. five stars, so I just shut it off after <laughs> I saw the cannon logo. That's all I need. Save your time. From the dawn of time, we came, moving slightly down through centuries, living many secret lives, struggling to reach the time of the gathering. When the few who remain will battle to the last, no one has ever known we were among you until now. Um, Let's start up that queen opening with credits, and let's get into an action-packed Madison Square Garden with nothing. I'm a little disappointed you didn't even attempt a Connery. It was recorded in his bathroom. Fun fact, in Spain, in his mansion. (laughs) What a tough life. Can you do Connery? No. Karan? No. Josh? Bones Bones can do it. I'll do a Connery later. This white Russian's kicking in. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna pass. <laughs> that's why I, that's why I co-host a show with a comedian, and he okay. he handles the impressions. <laughs> that's a good idea, guys. We should do that. Yeah, we need we to somebody to funny. Work. All right, we are at a packed Madison Square Garden. 1986 is a fabulous year for wrestling apparently uh we get a nice flyover shot if you look up some trivia on this you're gonna find a lot of information about that shot um apparently it was the first ever and they go on and on about it not sure why they got the helicopter sound on it though did you guys notice that i i I think it's meant to sort of build up to his trigger Maybe like because the dude like he senses the guy coming. So maybe that's like the the um, it's adding an, an ominousness to it. Yeah, I, I have like, to admit I didn't notice this. <laughs> I mean, if it if it was the first one ever, they were maybe they were like, we don't know how this is supposed to look and sound on a big screen. So people will freak out if they don't know a helicopter did this. Yeah. Josh, were you just like 
absorbed in the wrestling match? I yeah, I don't know. I feel like I was uh yeah, maybe I just heard the crowd noise or something like yeah. that. I was just so bowled over by Connery's opening there. I don't know. <laughs> I definitely it did or or you know what maybe I just it didn't register like because you could think maybe this is an outdoor thing first before you sort of uh get into the ground level and realize it's supposed to be Madison Square Garden it could be like an open air arena that a f- helicopter I'm really trying hard to <laughs> get, I'm going to win a no prize here for explaining <laughs> why this happens. Oh, we miss all kinds of shit in our own movie. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we come into focus on our our main character here. He is very heavily focused and not on any of the action in the ring. Why did he even go? He looks miserable there. Because he he went for the for the guy, right? He knew there was certain someone who was going to be there. I don't know. Why was Fazzle there? (laughs) He doesn't look like a wrestling fan either. Well, he was in the parking garage. Yeah. He just got there. I'm just right. saying. This is a great question because. You don't need to go in and watch the wrestling match if you've just got a fight lined up in the parking garage later. I mean. He didn't want to bring uh, heat to him. Yeah, I'm trying. <laughs> yeah. Because it's not like he walks around with a sword the rest of the movie. It's like only when he's sort of preparing for it. So that implies, like Josh was saying, like. I don't know. Maybe there was some pool there. I don't know. He's clearly there to fight. Yeah. The other Highlander. So why not? He tried through the week. Juice up by watching some Confederate wrestlers get their ass kicked. (laughs) Well, he tried through the week, like with NHL and NBA, but they frisk you for that. So he's like, oh, shit, they're going to find my sword. He's like, but wrestling, they just let you right in. Yeah. In fact, it's a bonus if you bring a sword to a wrestling match. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He got a better better ticket. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) All right, we're cutting back and forth between some agent battlefield fighting and the action that's going on in the ring. We got some frantic guitar mixed in here with some strong visuals. Uh, <laughs> our lead character here, he gets up and leaves. We cut to the parking garage of the Weird arena. Sentence for Dan to type out. It's so unlike him. Okay, thank you. I used AI for this. I just okay it to the TV. That's ruining <laughs> the creative arts, dude. <laughs> Uh, we got our man. He starts walking through this parking garage. He's wearing some sweet ponies and a duster. Uh, five-day rentals must. Uh, a man steps out from behind one of the cards. Cards. Sorry, gentlemen. Uh, <laughs> McLeod, says the man. Is his name? Is it Fissel? Fazzle. 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 Yeah. It's like basil, but with an F. <laughs> Basil with an F says, Connor, wait, they, they draw swords and it's go time, baby. These two start some ass kicking sword fighting. Um, we get into some amazing special effects here with the swords. They're very powerful. Apparently they can smash a fender right off a car. It's sharp. Uh, Fassel disappears uh, and gets cut. Yeah, he cuts the electrical box to distract Connor. Uh, this leads to a chase across the hoods of the car. Looks great. Uh, they hit some pipes. Uh, the sprinklers turn on. The battle continues. Fassel gets the upper hand. He uh, knocks Connor's sword out from him. Connor hides. 
Fassel does about 15 backflips, which is- Oh, they look incredible. (laughs) He's impressive. He's an older man, but I guess he is an immortal. Uh, Connor finally finds his sword and continues to fight, uh, and he gets the upper hand and cuts his dude's head off. The body starts to float. We got lightning striking all over the places. Cars are spewing up oil. Uh, shit's going crazy. Uh, all this power is felt by Connor. More cars explode. Connor hears the cops and he hides the swords. Or the sword. His sword. Was it his sword? I was wondering. Yeah. That. I was like, yeah. He doesn't give a sword. shit about the other sword. Right. Why wouldn't you take the other sword of the other immortal? Because it's like, a losing sword. Yeah. <laughs> Or isn't it like some sort of symbolic respect? Like he doesn't take his head either. You know, you gotta, you gotta leave him where he, I don't know. Well, and I guess we got a lot of questions without the other sword. A lot of the plot wouldn't play out. So that's true. He leaves it because the cops have to find it. So the movie can continue. It's not like he doesn't have a room that that he fills with antiques through his life. So nah, maybe he has another room with the heads. No, you can't keep a head like that. It's disgusting. And Cronenberg's Highlander, they're keeping heads. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Our camera pulls up uh, from this parking garage to Scotland in the year of 1536. Uh, the McLeods Which we know because a friar yells at us. I thought it was a good like way of expressing that information. They ran out of money. They couldn't put it on the screen. Yeah. Or they forgot. <laughs> There's. I don't know how you guys watch this. Uh, what I, I turned on sitting. Subtitles. I was sitting. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, <laughs> reclining. I had I subtitles on, on, on streaming, and there was a part during this scene where the guy doing the subtitles just gave up. Like <laughs> They just stopped for, <laughs> I don't know, 10 seconds, and then he picks it up again. But... He obviously couldn't make out these accents, and I don't blame him. <laughs> uh, did you guys watch on Peacock? Yeah, yeah. No, I watched on Hoopla. Hoopla. Yeah. I, think- I can never. I, I I know what my pin is. I have it written down <laughs> from my library, but half the time I try to use Hoopla, it doesn't work. So That's I I give up. Yeah. It's a great service. That absolutely. And Excellent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the one on Peacock is the director's cut. For, I mean, I watched the director's cut. So, hmm. and every, and then I watched it the second time on Peacock and everything was in there. So, well, I'll get to that. But, um, all right. They're marching along. They're going to war, apparently. Um, like get some of, of the other, well, yeah, it's 1536. What else? Yeah. You, gonna be a blacksmith i guess um mcleod clan's joking around i'd be a good blacksmith dude i got good beat timing like i don't think that's all there is to it it seems to be you got fire as well Mm -hmm. yeah i can make a fire i think you gotta know how to like layer metal like liquid metal all comes after this buddy you get this everything else comes you gotta deal with horses that nah, fuck that. So you're out, see? Told you. That would be a part of anyone's life in 1536, though. That'd just be the knight. Does that exist? 1500? Yeah. The knight? 
Yeah, a knight. Well, yeah, the knight exists. Wait, it's, what? It's, we're on Earth. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. <sighs> Josh just tells the show. Thanks up. for being here, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> it's important semantic distinctions going on here. We got two clans. They're meeting up for a battle in a lightning storm, apparently. Uh, Kurgan is introduced. He says there's a man, there's one of them named Connor, and he belongs to me. The battle starts. Pretty standard battle scene here. I mean, nothing too crazy. Connor notices that no one wants to fight him, and it's kind of weird to him. And all of a sudden, Kurgan trots over and stabs Connor in the side. Kurgan tries to cut Connor's head off. There can only be one. But uh, McLeod's crew prevents this. He's kind of a terrible fighter in battle. I mean, no one wants to fight him, but he's not attacking anyone. And the first guy that steps up to him, like, stabs him. He has morals, man. Yeah, but it seems like he's supposed to be the main guy on their side. And he just instantly gets stabbed. Well, is he the main guy at that time? I think this is his first one. Yeah, he's not immortal. Like, he's only like 25 there or something, which I guess yeah. is the equivalent of like 50 in that time. But still, he hasn't lived for that long. <laughs> well, he doesn't, he's just a young dumbass. He hasn't had hundreds of years to like perfect his fighting technique yet. I mean, yeah. he might not be immortal yet, but surely he can like run a little quicker than everybody or something. <laughs> can he? I don't, I, don't I don't think know. it I don't think it unlocks until you've been like on death's door or something. And he's not like Superman. They don't they yeah. don't have like super speed or strength or things necessarily. You know how heavy those swords are, Kron? I'm not Shh. saying super speed, just and they have slightly faster no than nutrition, a normal dude. man. They're just eating like all starches. Like it's <laughs> that's, that's true. <laughs> Their teeth are falling out. Yeah, they got <laughs> Apparently, there was uh, the insurance company said there was no drinking whatsoever during the battle scenes for like the extras and stuff. But it's Scotland, so all of them were fucking. By the time it all ended, they were all loaded, and they needed the doctors to come and nurses to help them out after the scenes would end because they would get progressively drunk and like start actually fucking fighting each other. <laughs> that even sounds like something Cannon would say with. Everyone knowing they had no way to enforce it. <laughs> yeah. No drinking. Mm-hmm. I just read the facts, guys. Okay. Camera pulls back to a bird's eye view, and we come into the real world with Connor driving like a bat out of hell. This badass, badass Porsche looking like an <laughs> F1 driver. Looks fucking sweet. But Best shot just, of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. The shot's Love awesome. It. I always like when they put like the camera on the back of the car. You yeah, see like the, the, whole the fixed rig, yeah. It. Yeah. It's a sweet Porsche, too. Ocean's Eleven's got a good uh, good one of those, speaking mm-hmm. of Vegas movies. Yeah, great movie. Now, now Josh, they're going to try to think of Vegas movies the whole time <laughs> that we continue through this this podcast okay i mean i i I like them i do a I do a monthly column on that and i've uh written about a lot of them so bring them on guys i'll take them all yeah you haven't ran out yet well i I, the column actually just started but i've written other like big like roundup pieces and stuff there's actually quite a lot that's what i'm saying there's i've delved into this deeply there's there's more than just the famous few have you covered the cooler with william h macy uh, I mean, I reviewed it when it came out. I haven't 
put it in that column yet, but I'm sure I'll get to it. Maybe that wasn't Vegas. Maybe that's Reno. No, that was set in Vegas, but shot in Reno, weirdly enough. Yeah. Bizarre. <sighs> Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> no, he said Reno. <laughs> I, got, I got it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Fucking hell. All right. The police arrest our, uh, our hero here. He didn't get very far, unfortunately. Uh, we fade back to the olden times. We cut to a priest praying over Connor's body. Uh, he's pretty much, he says he's pretty much dead. He's got other dudes to pray on. Uh, one dude, one dude hints that Connor is a, is a Highlander. Uh, we cut back to the parking garage, full on police investigation of this aftermath of all the sword fighting that went on down there. This is where we meet our love interest, Brenda. Uh, we learned that Connor is going by the name of Nash, and he sells antiques. Uh, pretty wild as a police scene here. Brenda finds a sword. It's a great uh, setup for the character. I think for like the the fact that he sells antiques. I think that's such a cool thing to give an immortal person. You think he's making fat cash off of this though? I, I think he's making he he's making enough. It's I mean, he's, sweet loft. It's he's owned money, that dude. building since 1796 or mm-hmm. whatever. So it's got. I'm sure he's like refinanced it a bunch of times in that time, right? That's true. Well, uh, got good also, good equity in it. Jeez, also, if you live age. that long, you just find something and set on it for 500 years, and now it's worth a million dollars. I mean, <laughs> that's exactly what you said when you bought those 25 copies of Pinocchio's Revenge. And in 500 years, they're going to be worth a ton, dude. <laughs> Uh, Brenda has a thing about swords, guys. She noticed this, uh, that this sword is a rare one. Are we um, supposed to take like a sexual connotation with that? I don't. She's... I don't think so. No. Okay. I hey, think yeah. if you did, though, you're not wrong. <laughs> I mean, I will be saying there's a lot of sword play, sword fighting going on. So yeah. Get it all out of your system now. This is a serious movie, all right? We cut to Connor. He's at the police station. Frank shows up and questions Connor. Frank is our main uh, detective here, working for the police force. Uh, has the sword found at the scene? Or he has the sword with him and asks uh, Connor if he knows what this, uh, what it is and if he cut a man's head off. Uh, Connor, uh, he says the name. It's Toledo Salmananica. It's worth a million bucks. I think I wrote this down. S. Sala. Salamanca. A Toledo Salamanca. Is it Toledo? Yeah. All right. We're about the details here. Uh, Frank tries to pin this decapitation on Connor. Typical cop. Uh, Connor says that this guy uh, cut his own head off. Uh, Connor and the guard, they kind of have been eyeballing each other from the moment they've got in here and they start going at it. Yeah, there's some homophobia between them that doesn't age well. Uh, Connor gets some pretty good licks in on this guy and he's still able to get up and leave and not be under arrest for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) It was the 80s, man. Yeah, it's a fair fight. I mean... I guess you can assault a cop inside the the precinct and it's okay. Maybe it's on home base. 
Yeah. <laughs> they don't have any jurisdiction there. <laughs> you think they'd want any excuse to keep it, oh, right? Well, they clearly well, think I, he cut some dude's head they, off. They got that bullpen full of hookers that they're trying to process, yeah. though. So <laughs> it's like, <laughs> we're going to be here all night with them. We don't need to add him to this. Uh, we cut to Kurgan driving into the city like a badass, uh, putting in a cassette tape, listening to some rock and roll there. Checks into a motel, I would say. This is not a hotel. Uh, starts uh, doing some sweet sword action, some sweet moves. You know it's a cool place when it's got the old like vet sitting in the lobby getting fucked up. It's, um, it's it just it's New York City in the '80s, right? I feel like I never went there, but based on solely on pop culture, I feel like one of those motels was on like every other corner because that's where people stay every time they go to New York City in these movies in this era. I mean, yeah, yeah it's got to be like a ten dollar a night thing. Yeah, but now it would be a hostel, and it would be hip. Yeah, and it'd be full of Swedes and poly people. You know, sure. And Kurgan would still fit right in. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> do you think He'd be in, the barista? Do you think in these scenes they just gave him the sword and they were like, "Do cool stuff now," because <laughs> that's what it feels like. It's impressive. A, I think there's a part where he like rolls it across. He does his the globe trotter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's got to be like some sort of sword consultant on this, the sword choreographer or whatever on this film, right? His name's Bob Anderson, and he All is right. an Olympic Olympic um, fencer. Fencer, yes. I think maybe that's why the sword play is a little more 1500s, 1700s type-ish kind of, maybe, because he was coming from a fencing background. He was also uh, Darth Vader's body double. Okay. Mr. Mr. Bob Anderson there. Oh, if I- go ahead. Is this also the scene where he like puts his sword together? Because mm-hmm. that seems like a design flaw, right? I mean, yes, I was absolutely. thinking that too. Like, yeah. is it going to fall apart? And like, you, I, it's obviously yeah. just meant to look cool. Because I, I feel like once he puts it together, they change the prop out for a sword that is fully just made. Because there's no seams or anything like mm-hmm. that. I think this is like a, a driving force of this film is that nothing is done in order to like make sense. The only question anyone asks themselves about anything in this film is, will it look cool? And if the answer is yes, then they do it. Yes, 100%. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and the answer is it yes, worked. it does look cool. Yeah, oh, I agree. Yeah, it, it looks absolutely awesome. does. It looks totally badass. I will say, I think a note, and I hope Cronenberg takes this, <laughs> is I do think you need uh, you need a little bit more variation in the fighting styles. To, I, I get right. what you're saying, Dan, that like obviously they like started in the 1500s, but it would be cooler to have like a more traditional, you know, Dread Pirates Roberts like fencer or, you know, I would love to see like a, like a Gladius in a shield sort of Maximus sort of style, you know, that kind of change it up. Um, oh, like for the other immortals, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Because okay, if I, if they're coming from across the planet and they've been training for hundreds of years, thousands in some cases, you know, they would have developed, you know, a little bit of acrobatics or something, you know. It's copyrighted by the F- Five Day Rounds podcast. 
Um, or, or even like a guy who's just got like a dagger and he sneaks up behind you and gets three plus damage. Excuse me, three you times get a, damage. You get a lot more than that, dude. That's like a. That's a. I mean, 10, if you're ten x multiplier. Yeah, if you're crouched in your stealth, what is it like a thirty times multiplier? Yeah, well, depending on what armor you got on. Okay. What, yeah. what is this Twitch? Like, shut up, you two. Jeez, does anybody have a sword in their house right now? No. No. We should get some swords, guys. Because <laughs> what else? <laughs> no, that's a whole different yeah. lifestyle. Don't dude. start I can't that. Be, we I already can't have a, a sword, hard guy. enough time, like not sending each other shitty DVDs and posters let's not say, start sending just say, swords let, through the mail watch out for fedex yeah, josh is gonna get josh one in 10 days <laughs> that's, that's mm-hmm. my parting gift for being on this podcast <laughs> <Yes>. big ass <laughs> sword yeah and dan i think you meant to say fedex better watch out because they're gonna be handling a bunch of crazy ass swords i'm sure they'll wrap them the proper way whatever at last the gathering and then candy shows up y'all She's a hooker, I believe. Of course you are. Uh, we cut to Brenda. She's doing some uh, forensics. Dude drops off uh, some information about the metal found at the stadium decapitation. She gets some wild-ass results. Uh, we cut to Connor. He's uh, retrieving the sword that he hid in the parking garage. Well, here comes Brenda with a giant fucking metal detector. And she's collecting more evidence, bits from the sword. Um, Connor rattles some glass and spooks her. Uh, we cut to Brenda at a bar. Josh, is metal detecting a big thing out in the desert? Like out in Vegas? It probably is. Yeah, I don't, it's not one of my hobbies, but, um, that sounds right. There's definitely a lot of open space out here and shit buried in the desert, you know, not just bodies, but also (laughs) coins. Maybe. It's full of treasure, I bet. Swords. swords, yeah, why not? Maybe swords. I don't know. Yeah, I've never really gotten into this, but it seems like a thing that people probably do. I mean, I think my dad has one. Sword? Sure. Not a sword of metal detector. He might oh. have a sword. I think, yeah, he does have a sword. <laughs> Pictures coming this weekend, guys. Well, he was, um, well, I don't want to talk about your dad's personal life. I could see a, where, I could he see where a he- He's a Highlander. Yeah. <laughs> Now, correct me if I'm wrong. He's only a Highlander because he's a, a Scotsman, right? Highlander yeah, Highlander's yeah. not a term for immortals. I think this was one of those things where it like it's like Kleenex, you know, where it was just one brand and then it became the generic name for all yeah. of them. That you're right. It's it's really just a term for people who live in the Scottish Highlands, but because the movies were so successful, they just kind of fudged it and were like, oh, that's what all these guys are called. Like if we called all vampires Draculas or something like that. And it's only the nerds who are like, no, Frankenstein was the doctor. The monster's <laughs> name was not Frankenstein, you know, and it's yeah. a lose it's a lost cause. Okay, I hope Cronenberg, like, I, if I rebooted it, I don't know if it would be a colon, but I think I would call it Princes of the Universe or, like, Highlander Princes of the Universe to, like, refer to the song. But I think that would encompass more of the, the, the literal universe of, like, all these immortal dudes. Because I think what you're saying is, like, I remember being 10 on the playground and being like, I'm a Highlander. I'm a Highlander, too. You can't kill me, bitch. Yeah, but nobody was a Highlander 3. <laughs> you got 
suspended though for Fucking trying loose. to cut that kid's head off. I don't take no shit, dude. <laughs> Brenda, she's hitting the Hennessy pretty hard, guys. Oh, uh, this bartender, he's just like, you just say win as he's pouring her drink. <laughs> like, that's a good oh. bartender, bro. Overflow this fucking glass then, dude. I mean, let's go. Switch me. Give me the bottle. <laughs> I'm sure he pour, he charges by the second on it. You know, I don't know if it's necessarily. It seems like Brenda's a regular here. Yeah. What? So she probably has like a She got a tab. Yeah. You can't operate a bar like that. It's the 80s, dude. It's New York. It's 80s. It's Come loose, on, baby. Ron, it's the 80s. You can fight cops. It's great. Bottomless drinks. <laughs> Wrestling at Madison Square Garden. Come on. All right. She overhears Connor. He's in this place asking about Madison Square Garden. This gets her attention. And she asks Connor about it. Uh, he's, he says something along the lines of he wants to walk her home. Uh, they leave the bar. Or he leaves the bar. Brenda follows him. But Connor knows something's up. He hides Brenda continues walking. He grabs Brenda uh, from an a- from the side of an alley. Just then, uh, <clears throat> Kurgan pops out, swings at Connor, and the chase is on. Connor fights back with a water hose. Uh, we get some help here from Brenda. We get some badass shots of them fighting through the old a- uh, through this old ass factory. He's almost better with just a pipe than he is his sword. Who, Connor? Or yeah, he needs to go to like a Kirk. bow staff or something. Because yeah, he doesn't have his sword in this. Or just a pipe. He could be yeah. a pipe fight guy. Fucking Casey Jones. Just yeah. Terrible with the water hose. Uh, the fight is interrupted by a police helicopter. He Why? should have like used his thumb and like made like a rain pattern and like that could have blinded the Kurgan a little bit more. Why did you the know? cops show up? Jet's never as powerful as you think it's going to be. Yeah, not only did the cops show up randomly, but then they just give up. They're like, hey, we have this helicopter. What yeah. are you guys doing? And then the, the, they just run away, and the cops are like, man, they ran away. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah, it. That, We're leaving. Cop, uh, the cop damn. is like, hey, you guys stop. Really? Now? <laughs> hey, I got a helicopter in. This is before the days of like thermal imaging where they wanted you to run and hide. Because they would now they pretend like they don't see you. Like that's the trick when you're running from the cops. You just jump in with some cows. Yeah. Yeah. You just stay directly below the helicopter the whole time. Then I can't see mm-hmm. you. Right? Floor's not see through. Yeah. It's just physics. Brenda catches up and starts asking all kinds of questions to Connor about what just happened. Connor tells her to stop following him and that if she values her own life, that she needs to go home. Uh, we cut back to the olden times, gentlemen. Connor's back uh, from his injury and no one can believe it. All his friends think he's been hanging out with Lucifer. <laughs> Duh. Quick cut to Connor getting his ass beat and the town folk pretty much telling him to get the fuck out of there. They want to burn him, that he's of the devil. And it's uh, and they, it's his fiance or something that's like leading the charge of burning him. Right? Well, she, she was the one showing, chick? flaunting her boobs. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. when he was yeah, a woman. Yeah, she's definitely his his woman there in some yeah. capacity. Yeah. When he goes off to battle, she's like crying and like be be so careful. And then the next day, she's like he's filled with the devil. Like <laughs> murder this person. Hey, she I knows mean, which way the wind blows, right? You can't I guess. Uh, you can't you can't uh have a lot of uh you know, she don't have a lot of leeway for women in 16th century Scotland, I think. You got to hitch yourself to the right man. Mm-hmm. She's like this is going to bad place. Let me get another guy here. Or uh, you like you know, decide to live deliciously and just fucking lean into it. Mm-hmm. Right? That's clearly not her thing. That sounds like it's from a movie. Uh, Connor escapes with the help of, uh, I think, one of his cousins, I guess. Uh, It's that old guy that's like always in every Scottish movie from the 80s and 90s. I think he was in Braveheart as well. Yeah. He takes a little mercy on him and lets him leave, but leaves the stocks on him. Yeah. Seems rude. Well, he wanted to stay in town. He didn't want to get kicked out, too. Because he's like, hey, there's chicks available now. Oh, that's uh, true. A newly single woman in town. Yeah, like Josh said, you got to jump on your opportunities back then. Mm-hmm. Cut back to modern times, back to New York. Connor is hanging out at his antique shop, which is pretty fucking sweet. Mm-hmm. Uh, we cut back into the olden times again. Connor's just building a whole fucking castle by himself. Like, nothing's going on. He's got a new girl. He's happy. Connor's he, lady or... He he just builds the bottom floor and then a bunch of rickety catwalks that go all the way up to the top, I guess. I, I took like it... To see what you come up with, I Kron. think this was an old tower that they were living in while they built the other house. Yeah, they're just like squatters, basically. Yeah. When they cut back to it later, they have like a full-size house built outside. So I think that was just temporary. It's like when people buy a shipping container and live in that while they're building their cabin. And again, it looks cool. Oh, hell end yeah. Of, end of discussion. Yes. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> Production designer says, do we want this half-finished castle? And Russell Mulcahy says, does it look cool? Then yes, we want it. <laughs> And we can easily recreate it with, like, foam rocks that we're going to throw later. Totally. Connor and his lady are enjoying some uh, afternoon delight when a horse jumps over them. And this is where we meet Juan Sanchez Villa Lobos Ramirez. Eh? Eh? You got that. All right. Connor wants to know, or Connor wants to know what's up with what Ramirez wants. Jesus. Ramirez knows what Connor is and says uh, he was kicked out of his village five years ago. We get some lightning that strikes Connor multiple times. Ramirez explains the sensation Connor is feeling is the gathering. The quickening. Yeah. The quickening. Oh, shit. I wrote the wrong one. The, the gathering is the event, though, right? The gathering, the gathering the was event. when they gather the gathering the- is once a year all the juggalos go out to <laughs> a farm in like i knew it was coming i don't know illinois or something mm-hmm. and i was just gonna say i was proud of you guys for not making a joke yet but here we are you know kron's jump on an icp reference 
Yeah, yeah so the, that, uh, the sensation is the the quickening. Right. That's like okay. it's like Highlander puberty. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> I don't bleed. I got the quickening. Hell yeah. Connor asks uh, who he is, and Ramirez says, we are brothers. We cut back to modern-day New York. Uh, Brenda checks in with Frank and finds out that Connor is involved with uh, the garage or the parking garage decapitation that went on. We cut to Connor. He's sharpening his sword at his sweet-ass pad. Uh, he's just doing some light sword book reading, which happens to be written by Brenda. I don't know, man. I think she's got a thing for fucking swords but she has a thing for fucking swords or she has a thing for like fucking swords josh is fitting right in you're on mm-hmm. it dude it seems painful it seems like, like she logistically be yeah you can dole a sword down <laughs> maybe maybe she uses the other end I don't i've know. seen benedetta you can get creative mm-hmm. true true That's true I've seen that three-hour non-lesbian movie. Three hours. It's awesome. Ron. It's not three, three hours. hours. It's like two. No. It's, it's a strong two. It's almost. Three I give hours. it a strong four and a half. If you know what I mean. <laughs> I don't. Okay. We on. fade up through a fish tank back into the olden times. Ramirez and Connor are in a boat. Ramirez is trying to teach Connor. Uh, Connor, he's not really having it. He's not into this. Ramirez reveals that he is an Egyptian and that he was... Uh, sure. He, Why not? So clearly, like, Juan blah 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 Ramirez is not his original name, right? Yeah. That's not an Egyptian name. Yeah, that got me too when I wrote it all down. And I was like, I'm a... I'm assuming there's like some uh, regalness or formality to that because he introduces himself as like the king's, uh, does he say, metallurgist or something? Like he, when he introduces himself, he says that he's like of the king of Spain. I mean, presumably he's right. He's already lived for like thousands of years. So he also Mm -hmm. has to keep reinventing. He's like, so Juan Ramirez is really like the Russell Nash of his mm-hmm. existence. It's some new made up name that we never learn his real name. See, that shit would be, that shit would get old. What, Can't reinventing be, yourself? You'd yeah, have a lot of time to get the story down. I mean, I just, I just want to be Bob that works at the factory and wears New Balance. And you yeah. can. You can't wear New Balance into a factory. That's a steel toed boot situation. They make, I, I think <laughs> they make a, a steel toe. New Balance. You might no. be getting a pair for, of New Balance. Yeah, I'm sure they do for and a sword mid-level crime. managers. For sure. Well, I'm going to need the steel toe if I get the sword because I'm going to be <laughs> twirling that thing. Drop it right on your foot. Yeah, haphazardly, dude. Uh, Ramirez throws Connor overboard. Connor says he can't swim and he'll drown. You can't drown, you're immortal. Uh, we get some great reaction from Connor under the water, realizing that, oh, shit, I can't drown. Uh, he emerges from the water, pissed, tries to kill Ramirez, but Ramirez is too quick. Uh, he comes in behind it him with a sword. kind of great, the little laugh that he has. I will say, like, Christopher Lambert's laugh throughout the movie is super enjoyable, but particularly, like, in the water when he's like, oh, 
Like, yeah, he's not like we were saying negative things, but it's not he's not bad in this role. And I think because he and I, I may be wrong, but I thought I read like he didn't speak English before appearing in this movie. So the fact that he possibly learned his lines phonetically, I think it adds a certain like reserve to this character, right? This guy's Mm -hmm. lived for hundreds of years. He doesn't need to talk a lot. He doesn't need to be demonstrative per se. He's, I I don't know. Connery would have brought a whole different energy to the role. Yeah. I think it only really stands out in the, like in the past sequences because he's really just supposed to be a 20 something Scottish guy. I think what you're saying, I agree with that in the future, because he's lived X amount of lives, he's lived all these other places. His accent would be fucking wild. Right. And it, and it totally works there. Um, I, I don't know. And it, it's just so funny. Like Connery is doing the same thing. Like he's trying to put that Spanish tint to it. And I'm wondering like, do we even know what Egyptian sounded like? Like, could we could there even are people att- who are Egyptians still exist, you know, we could find out what they oh, sound that's, like that's very true. easily. <laughs> yeah. Hit us up. Have we got a download from Egypt? I'd have to yeah, check into that. <laughs> we don't talk like old English people though. I mean, that's what I was old. getting definitely at. was like, don't. what yeah, was, yeah. Don't. What was the, the dialect of like King Tut? Aside from ow, I'm in pain on that zombie or that zombie, that mummy. Mm-hmm. Oh, the yeah. Egyptian zombie <laughs> that they found. A knocks on a moon. <laughs> All right. Uh, where are we? Th- Ramirez says you're going to have to get used to the fact that you can't die. Uh, we go into the story on how to be, how he became immortal. Uh, conceal your special gift. Harness your power till the end of the gathering. Connor asks what the gathering is. What is the gathering? Ramirez explains that once uh, a few Highlanders are left, they will fill a pool towards a faraway land to fight for a prize. Uh, We get a few scenes of Connor training here with uh, Ramirez. Sacred place known as New York. (laughs) The filth of New York's porn theaters. Uh, And some lessons... And some more training. We got some great shots of the oh. of the landscapes here. Awesome. Uh, we got them running on the beach together. Uh, Josh, I know you just covered from here to eternity. <laughs> Did you think they were going to start rolling in the sand? I, you know, possibly I did like looking on Letterboxd, there was at least one person who, who says, and I'm sure they're not the only one, you know, concealing your special gift is, uh, being a a Highlander, uh, metaphor for being gay. And I I buy it. It could absolutely be that. Mm -hmm. So why not? But yeah, we got beautiful shots here of all the, all the landscapes. You call me by my name. Scotland. (laughs) That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, let yourself fill the stag. Um, this, at this just another this, example. This <laughs> at this point, this was like the first out loud "what the fuck" from my wife. Like, uh, what is he talking about? I was like, the deer. And then I didn't even understand. Like, 
what is happening in that scene because it seems like they're going to have some sort of mental connection with the deer. Either they were going to kill it or they were going to like experience its perspective. And then it just, they just ran on the beach some more. Like what did they even do there? So at this time, the stags didn't have antlers when they filmed it. So they had to glue the antlers onto the stag and it did not like that at all. So it just shook them off constantly every time they would glue it on there so that was the only actually that is a stock photo from national geographic of the stag that you see so they couldn't even get the shot (laughs) Jeez, these are like real life versions of bill murray's character in scrooge i was just thinking that you're not stapling that to that poor mouse yeah (laughs) i think in the scene though they're just i guess they are inspired by the vision of a stag to run faster than they ever have Right, but it was like implied that it was some sort of immortal power that they were using and not just like, look how cool the stag is. We could also be cool. He's like, we're going to Milwaukee? <laughs> okay, I think to maybe defend it, maybe it's a it's a quickening sort of like, I get the sense of the living things around me. Yeah. Maybe, and like... I, it's all very vague. And yeah. actually, yeah, that's, I feel like that's one of the things that is good about this movie, because the more detail they go into, the stupider it is. And I think that's one of the hallmarks of like the sequels, right? Is that they explain more and it's really oh. dumb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so the more that they're just like, you know, the stuff, the things here, I'm like, okay, don't tell me anymore. Just make something look cool. And I'm into it. Do the poorish again. Do the poorish again. Right. <laughs> I think it's just dope to see Connery run. <laughs> he probably have, he probably hadn't done that since Bond, man. And he barely did it in Bond. He was pretty older at well, he was an older Bond. He just moves with a purpose in the Bond movies. <laughs> Josh, are you a big Bond guy? Not really. I've seen I I'm you know, I mentioned Never Say Never Again. I've actually not seen that, but I've seen a few other Conneries. We did an episode of Awesome Movie Year on You Only Live Twice, and I've seen a few other ones, and uh I'm sort of uh indifferent. I like some Bond movies and some are not good. Speaking of Vegas, there's a whole Vegas Bond movie. Diamonds are forever. Underrated. I've seen that one multiple Underrated. times. <laughs> I think it's probably like properly rated, man. really. Connery on a three-wheeler. It's silly. It's, it's very silly. It. Yeah. yeah. It knows what it is. Yeah. I will eventually get through them, but it it I watch like two a year. And that's all I can do. Unless it's like a newer one. I can watch Craig do his shit. Or whoever the fuck it is now. Or they even they haven't said. We're in a dark period, Dan. Okay. Nobody right, knows okay. which way is up. Mean, I didn't mean to bring it up. Uh, cut to a village. Ramir, or there, Ramirez and Connor in a village. Uh, he can't have a family. This is what Ramirez tells Is she her. trying to buy a chicken or sell a chicken? What is... what? <laughs> I think she's trading one chicken for another chicken. Okay, what was the transaction here? Yeah, okay. Bones is referring to Connor's lady, Heather, who the conversation is about with Ramirez, Ramirez saying he's going to have to leave her because... He's immortal. She's just going to end up fading away. Uh, Ramirez informs Connor that he must leave Heather. There there we go. Uh, He also says that he was born in the year uh, 2437. No, he's... Go ahead. BC. 
right? BCE. Right. Well, he says BC. <laughs> that was before BCE. Oh, I thought he was 2,000 years old, that he was yeah, born. Yeah, that, sounds, that like, sounds more right. Yeah, I thought he said something like oh, 500 2,437 years ago. Dan, yes. read your notes, you idiot. Uh, he had three wives. Uh, his last was so, a Japanese. So he clearly doesn't even take his own advice. Well, he's well like, after yeah. three times. Yeah, and he's yeah. learned it. He said he his last wife was like 800 years ago, so he figured it out eventually. Jesus, that's how long marriage is? <laughs> Guys? It could be. I think I might need to get out. Fuck. Uh, he says his last wife is Pop Japanese. Pop on Highlander too, man. She will fucking bail. Be the final straw. <laughs> did you? Did your wife bail this week because of Highlander? No, she loved it, dude. Okay, all right. It's a, I say love it because she like finished it. So far, Amsterdam and Cliffhanger are like her favorite movies that we've covered. Please tell me, Josh, you've you've covered Amsterdam. No, we, I've seen Amsterdam, but we don't, you know, we don't cover new movies. So, but I, oh, this oh, is not yeah, Amsterdam. Uh, oh, not the, not the David O. Russell film. Oh, okay. no, th- this is a movie from Dick Moss called Amsterdam. Ah, okay. This movie I have not seen. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, if you guys do 1988, I'll keep it in mind. Yes. <laughs> Legit. Uh, one of the best boat chases ever filmed. Well, that's mm-hmm. good to hear because I was slightly concerned that your your wife loved David O. Russell's Amsterdam. No, I, I didn't get around to it. I love David O. Russell, so it was kind of hurtful when I heard all of like how shitty the movie was. So I'm going to wait a good. year and kind of forget. <laughs> so, do we love David O. Russell as a filmmaker, not as a human? Yeah, I think is the right yeah. response to mm-hmm. that. <laughs> What else has he made? I Heart Huckabees, Three Kings, oh, that's good. The Three Fighter. Kings is good. American Hustle. I didn't like American Hustle that much. It's kind of boring. It's just a Scorsese movie, right? Ultimately, like it's like his attempt to do. Yeah, so, his Silver Linings Playbook. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of. Eh. I, I like. I actually like. I was extra disappointed in Amsterdam because I like all of those, even ones that don't have a lot of uh, positive response from people. Yeah. I love I Heart Huckabees. Same. Watch that one again. All right. Yeah. He has a Japanese wife. Her father was a sword maker. Hint, hint. Uh, this was in 1593 BC. Let Heather go. Uh, back at Connor's castle, Ramirez explains uh, the Kurgan story. They're from a part of Russia uh, or he is from a part of Russia and a brutal type of person. He's a perfect warrior. And if he wins the prize, mortal man will suffer an eternity of darkness. Connor asks how uh, he should fight him. Heart, faith, and steel. We there owe a lot. only be one. To the Russian people just always being there. Careful. To be, to be the villains, right? Like, no Especially matter- in the 80s. Yeah. I don't know. And, I mean, a little bit. They and they're coming back. Stop doing villainous stuff all the time. <laughs> you know? I mean, I, I guess Eastern Promises. What am I talking about? Don't get me wrong. I would prefer that they not do villainous stuff. 
right? We can make up. We can do the Top Gun Maverick thing and just come up with a generic bad, to, bad country. Trying to think of a positive Russian film, Anastasia. Sure. Anybody else? I'm sure there's a lot of films made in Russia that are positive about. Isn't there Russians? like a? I don't know, like Stalker. Isn't that a movie that people? Yeah, Tchaikovsky, Solaris. Yeah. He's a great filmmaker. Wasn't there just, a? Was it a? Is it positive Russian outlook? Yeah, positive. Wasn't, wasn't Schwarzenegger like a Russian cop in one of his '80s movies that I did in see? Red Heat? Walter there Hill's Red go. Heat. Yeah, he must have been the hero in that. It's Schwarzenegger. Mm-hmm. It's like Connery, <laughs> an Austrian being a Russian. All right, we cut to Heather and Ramirez. They're having dinner, having a good time, chatting it up. Ramirez notices something's off. All of a sudden, Kurgan smashes through the castle door. Ramirez jumps and slices the table in half. Um, a piece of the sword broke during this one of these uh Yeah, uh, bound, bound to happen when you screw your sword together. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> And apparently it was pretty close to Connery's head, and he was very pissed and stormed off the set. Uh, and then said, we should probably use my body double. Uh, Kurgan wants the Highlander. Ramirez says, you're too uh, late. Uh, he kind of slices at his throat a little bit. Is this where he gets the scar, or did he already have the scar? No, this is where Ramirez yeah, is the one that gives it to him. Yeah. T- right. Turns him into a Pez dispenser. <laughs> Was there an actual Kurgan Pez dispenser, though? That would be pretty <sighs> good. They are so expensive on eBay. <laughs> oh, so they actually exist. That's awesome. No, I mean, I don't oh, think so. They should. They totally should. That would be sweet. All right. Uh, they there's, you know there's some like immortal guy holding on to Pez dispensers and Beanie Babies. Just like Pain. 500 years, baby. 500 yeah. years. I'm sure it's on Etsy. Uh, they fight up Laser and down the stairs. Nah, they just painted with them. like somebody's they, like wedding anniversary on it. They get like the <laughs> Vin Diesel ones from Fast and Furious and just turn it into Kurgan. Makes sense. Yeah, it's a one for one. They fight up and down the stairs of this castle. Ramirez pushes Kurgan off the stairs and falls to the ground. The fight continues. The castle starts falling apart. Uh, all these little bricks were connected to fishing line. It's like the on cue they would pull guts so aggro crag, man. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to Mo for the results. You're showing your age, Bones. Uh, Ramirez crashes through one of the uh, the pillars here. This is why some of the stones start falling. The fight goes on. Ramirez stabs Kurgan, but pulls the sword out. Manages to get the upper hand against Ramirez. Kurgan takes Ramirez back. He takes his back and stabs him. Who's the woman? Asks Kurgan. Ramirez says she's with him. There can only be one, and Kurgan decapitates uh, Ramirez. Uh, Kurgan takes in all the power with all the lightning, and he falls to the ground, and he this, manages to grab Heather. This whole scene feels like a like a 80s D&D stoners like dream of what movies should be. That's the whole movie, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Plus, particularly this scene. I mean, yeah, no, totally. And like, I what I, another thing I love is that like 
every bit, this movie could just be like a queen video. It's just like a rock video mm-hmm. and the logic is rock video logic. And yeah, it's, it's, it's fantastic. It's just refreshing to go back and watch like action in a frame, you know, even if the sword swinging is slow and it's a foam sword and it's not Connery. Like it's just, it's so refreshing. Like, Obviously, it's a set and a backdrop. It just, I love it. But it's really there. It's not like yeah. pixels. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he comes, uh, our director comes from an opera background, and he had this all painted up. So that's where it, very operamatic, I guess he said, when I was he, reading about it. You know Friedkin's doing operas now? William? Yeah, that, that might be enough to get me into the opera. I'm I think, freaking excited about that. I think there's a, it's a whole weird sideline. I I, I want to say I was reading what didn't Terry Gilliam direct opera as well on stage? I want to say That's, I think there's there's got to be even more wild than yeah. a freaking opera. Yeah, I'd love to see Sorcerer the Opera though. I mean, <laughs> you could do Sorcerer on stage. How are you gonna? There will be deaths, but that's <laughs> yeah. part of the show. There how will you, be explosions. How are you going to get a truck out there? Dude, you just cut it in half. We got electric cars, back. man. You don't got to worry about fucking carbon monoxide poisoning or anything. The stage hands for opera are amazing, okay? Yeah. It's there's, all, there's nothing. They can do it. it. They're going to paint up open eight, air <laughs> amphitheaters because of all the exhaust from <laughs> the sorcerer show. I don't know. I just like the idea of like a big truck cardboard cutout and you see like legs in black. Just moving them. Yeah. Just doing what's the like the war horse thing, mm-hmm. you know. Did you guys see the sorcerer show last night? I almost died. I had to have oxygen. Mm-hmm. If you live, though, you get double shares. Fuck it's that. worth it. <laughs> We're big uh, sorcerer fans here, Josh. I could. T- I actually yeah. watched Sorcerer not that long ago because uh, we did an episode on the Wages of Fear, so I watched them both. And, I uh, listened to that episode. Oh, I, nice! Thank you. I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I loved uh, Wages of Fear. Yeah, was, both great. I remember watching it and going, "Is this motherfucker about to drive off the hill?" And <laughs> when it happened, I was like, "This is what. This is a beautiful, perfect ending." All right. I yeah. Uh, spoilers for Wages of Fear. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, all this freaking talk. Let's take a freaking pee break, guys. Welcome back to Five Day Reynolds, guys. In the middle of an epic here, Highlander. F it. If you just left us, uh, decapitations time travel scotland uh poorish uh and josh bell's here with us there's no time travel still. in this movie uh, did i say time travel i I'm guess for sure the audience we're jumping back and forth <laughs> for the audience there is <laughs> but josh bell's still here with us he came back from the break we're yeah. all amazed mm-hmm. <laughs> he did hold up a bathroom. sign that said please i don't know what that meant it just I said, please. We're back in modern times, New York here, which is New York of 1986 at Connor's place. Brenda stops uh, by to chat with Connor. 
starts asking all these questions about the swords again. This chick is all about the swords and how Connor is connected with them. Connor asks her out to dinner. Uh, we got Frank, Brenda's boss. No, he, he pulls a, a baller move. He says, do you cook? Oh, Connor <laughs> asks her that? Yeah, he's like, do you cook? And she's like, why? And he's like, I thought you uh, that's right. might want to have dinner with me. I thought that was a cool, it's very masculine. Chauvinistic in a way, but cool. Yeah, you're a lady. How about you cook me dinner? <laughs> yeah, she's a New York lady. Maybe, maybe she didn't. Do you think once they should have just had her go like, "What the fuck did you say?" <laughs> like, just as like, I, what is your like, huh? like, yeah, like the best Arnold movies are sometimes the ones where they go like, what, like, where did you come from? And, you know, like, Kindergarten Cop, like, they address it, you know? Like, in this movie, they could have at least, like, what is that accent, dude? Like, somebody well, would have pointed that out, right? There's there's even a part in this where uh, we already got past the scene, but where she's, like, trading one chicken for another. Because mm-hmm. uh, Connery is in that scene, and it, why is no one pointing and being like, who is this person? Who's this he's, dandy in this yeah, he, awesome? He's clearly not from our Scottish village of 12 people. I mean, <laughs> what's that hat? He's a Whoa. lowlander. And and Russell Nash is faking his identity as being born in like Connecticut or something. I realize that's later when she goes to investigate his birth certificate or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like, he definitely doesn't have the accent of somebody who was born in... <laughs> You know, the U.S. Eastern Seaboard. <laughs> I guess they they just couldn't have a five-hour cut of the movie, so they yeah. had to... He, uh, he couldn't nail wish. park the car. Right. I'm not, again, I'm not complaining. I think it's fine. Mm-hmm. I'm just going with it. All right, Frank, Brenda's boss, he gets an update that Brenda was at Nash's store. Later that night, his assistant says people are starting to ask questions about him. This is a Connor's assistant. Uh, tell them I'm immortal. We get a quick cut with some glass breaking into World War II and Connor running through the battlefield. He escapes into an abandoned warehouse and finds a little girl. What's your name? Rachel. Which is his assistant's name as well. Uh-huh. Connor picks up Rachel, then all of a sudden a Nazi comes out from behind him and shoots him. Um, I wish there was more of this in the movie, though, where you kind of see him throughout different time periods, because I thought Mm -hmm. this scene was great. Like, yeah, I want to see the immortal dude mowing down Nazis. Like, that's a cool thing to throw in. I mean, I I had the same thought, like when Brenda comes to his place later and he's he shows her the little secret antique cave. Like, it would have been cool if she was like, where did you get this? And it, like, cut back. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you could do, like, two or three in there. Especially, like, after she stabs him and he's, like, recuperating. I thought that could have been, like, a cool, like, flashback filler. I totally agree with you. Yeah, and isn't that the World War Two scene is one that in the original, like, U.S. release was cut out. Because mm-hmm. I, they I thought. Think he, I think he fought for it to stay in. Okay, I think they, that they did is, want to cut it. I think that is director's cut footage, though. I okay. I read a little comparison of like here's what's in the extended versus the original, and I think that scene was like put back in. I, I thought. thought I read that he they wanted to cut it, but he fought for it to stay in. Right, but I think it was in 
the U.S. it was cut and it stayed in in the international release. Oh, maybe, okay. yeah. Why wouldn't you have that? We'll call it a draw. I, I yeah. guess you don't. Rachel's not a huge character, I guess. But that connection is very important. As yeah. you, I mean, they obviously make a point of naming her and, you know, the idea that she's the little girl and she grew up to be the assistant and all that is really. And it's another way to see that he's this immortal who, you know, outlives everyone that he ever cares about and all that kind of stuff. I think it's also a play on. That's why I don't think they can have children. And this is kind of his kid as well. He took care of her. Yeah. It's kind and- of a play on that. And I, I think that makes him walking away from her a little bit more powerful, too. Mm-hmm. Like, she she needs to see her father figure go away. All right. Connor, he takes the bullets from this Nazi. He kind of falls. Uh, Rachel's kind of asks him, how come he didn't die? He said something along the lines of, it's a magic trick. It's a kind I- of magic. <laughs> he quotes a Queen song at her. Christopher Waltz. Um, he kicks. He lets he lets the Nazi walk up on him. Kicks his gun out of his hands and uh, just fucking blows this dude. Whatever you say, gun. buddy. You're the master race. And he fucking plugs him. It's awesome. Cut back to modern day New York. Connor and Rachel have a moment here. Uh, we cut to Brenda's place. She starts a tape recorder, and Connor shows up for dinner. Jessel looks at the gun, or one of her, or her gun, I guess. She's got more. This is mm-hmm. New York in the 80s. That's yeah. just the show gun that you <laughs> leave around for people to see. <laughs> yeah. Connor snoops around her place a little bit, notices uh, a cop is staking out Brenda's place. Connor pours some Hennessy from 1783. And he has a gift for Brenda as well. She opens it up. It's her own book about swords. You son of a bitch. Oh, she's thunder pissed, man. Connor knows she's a copper. Connor asks why she's uh, trying to sell him out. And he tells Brenda that there's a cop stock in her place. Brenda starts spilling uh, her guts. So the other cop, um, Frank's buddy, he did he like grow a mustache after this and gain some weight? Is that the actor that I'm thinking of? John Polito, yeah, in oh, a lot yeah. of Coen Brothers okay. movies. Yeah, yeah. Coen Brothers. Quick giving Coen's me the hi hat, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. He follows Lebowski. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's a Seamus. Uh, Brenda starts spilling her guts here, and it's all about the swords with this chick. She wants to know if it exists. She's talking about the Japanese sword, uh, the the clues that she found at the de- the Madison Square Garden decapitations. Because uh, it doesn't make sense, right? Because yeah, it shows signs of being folded two hundred times, which was something they did. That this would have been five hundred years before they started doing it. Yeah. What does she compare it to? Like the finding a 747 that the Wright brothers had or some shit. Connor is leaving and we hear a voiceover from uh, Ramirez to leave Brenda. So he knows. Uh, We cut back to the olden days here. Connor and Heather are looking at the remains of the castle. Uh, Happy times ensue. They live a full life or he lives a full life till Heather turns old and gray and dies. 
Um, I mean, this candle. is this is like up there with the first ten minutes of Up, dude. This shit is. <laughs> you get "Who Wants to Live Forever" by Queen. The Queen songs really add a lot, even like emotionally, to this mm-hmm. because it's so broad and silly. But they, you know, Freddie Mercury has such genuine like emotion that he puts into those songs it kind of stands in for some of what's missing in the screenplay maybe i uh i may have worked out to this album today like (laughs) before this record and uh who wants to live forever is not a very good pump song it's uh (laughs) you left (laughs) i I, yeah i put my towel over my head and just kind of it's always a, tuned everything out for a while. It's always a bummer to be doing squats and crying at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I think Queen was approached, I think, for one song. They gave him 20 minutes of footage. They were inspired by all of the footage and did three songs. Uh, Freddie Mercury wrote uh, Princes of the Universe. Uh, Brian May did Who Wants to Live Forever. And Roger Taylor, uh, it's a kind of magic. I, he wrote that one as well. So yeah, I mean, good shit. I put this up there with like Saturday Night Fever sort of level of soundtrack. Like it's incredible that you they came up with these powerful songs for this fucking movie. Like Saturday Night Fever, Queen of the Damned, Highlander. Are those like the three greatest soundtracks of all time? Probably oh my not. God. Queen of the Damned. <laughs> uh, Batman 89. There you go. There you go. Good. Okay, we'll put, I would say that's number two, right? After Saturday Night Fever. I'm sort of, I'm wondering, you know, forget the Sorcerer stage show. Why is there not a Highlander stage musical with some Queen oh. songs in it? All right, I'm going to cut this part out, Josh. You got it. Yeah, we're going to do this at the, what's a big, uh, Bellagio or some shit, you know. Like, let's let's open this bad boy up. Yeah, the that would be, that would work. Yeah, let's kick Adele out of her residency and just do Highlander, Princes of the Universe. We did have the the Queen like jukebox music, jukebox musical here, the We Will Rock You. That uh, I never saw though. It didn't it didn't catch on. So yeah. maybe maybe I love Vegas, but maybe this isn't the place that would make it work. So, because we got to have the right tools, the right environment for success for the Highlander musical. Yeah, mm-hmm. I almost feel like we go to Scotland and do <laughs> this in in the Highlands. Yeah. Hell yeah! Like, what are you talking about? Huh? Oh no! I'm. If you live in the Highlands at birth, you get a copy of this on <laughs> Blu-ray. Heather turns old gray. She's dying. Light a candle on my birthday every year. Connor buries his lady, burns down his crib, and leaves. Uh, we cut it's, to modern day. And leaves his sword. And yes, just, he does. He buries her, too. It's a bigger commitment. Let's not gloss over it. Every year for the rest of your life, on I mean, <laughs> forever. He, You know he missed a year, right? He had to. I mean, in... <laughs> 3,000 some years. He never got busy, you know, buying antiques or something. It's only 400 years. So, you know, he'll he'll, he'll probably make it for that point. Maybe he'll get forget after another few hundred or something. Well, presumably, doesn't he live forever at the end of this movie? I was going to say, isn't he still alive right now? 
Well, yeah, I'm just saying between when she died and when the movie takes place, I think he's probably still committed to it. Yeah. What if she had said, like, don't take another? (laughs) You know, he can just say, okay, and then she's not going to know. He could have said, okay, about the candle thing. (laughs) True. But we, at least in this year, we see him doing it. Yeah. In the, in the, in 1986, he remembers. What if he bargained Mm -hmm. with her? Like, what about every other year? Like, (laughs) every decade. I'll do it for a thousand straight. But then after that, yeah, no more candles. Connor meets, meets, meets up with Castigar. He's another immortal here in New York City, and it's been a hundred years since they last uh, were hanging out and were friendly. Connor informs Castigar that the gathering is among them, and Castigar wants to throw a party to remind Connor of the last party they were at in 1783. And is this, this the best scene of the movie? The stupidest. This has. Nothing well, to do with Castigar. Yeah, he's not even there. He's not in the scene. It's, yeah, that's true. It's a scene that he's he's fighting a man. He, Connor is clearly drunk. And he keeps stabbing him and he doesn't die. It's a duel, Dan. A fight a would duel. be improper. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And then his assistant is like kissing him. Oh, it's... It's Again, it's, weird. it's added weirdness that... Okay. I don't know how this even, how did they not put this on the cutting room floor? Jeez. But yeah, we don't, we don't even need it. I'll mention it because it's in there. You'll see it if you watch the movie. Uh, we got the Kurgan showing back up uh, at the CDS motel. Uh, Kurgan gets rough with the hotel clerk. I hope you get your head chopped off, you asshole. After Kurgan threatens him. Pretty good line. Uh, we cut to a veteran here with some guns. Uh, he's driving around in a Trans Am. What is this? Is this guy just looking for trouble in the city that he can? He's he's, he's a Charles Kersey. Bronson in in Death Wish. Oh, he's no he's clearly a vigilante. <laughs> he's, he's no Kersey. Yeah, he thinks he thinks he's he thinks he's the Punisher or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's even better. Yeah, because he is. He's like an ex marine or something, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I. I watched this movie start to finish. I was engrossed. I hope so. But even when I got to this scene, I was like, did I look away for 10 minutes? Like, did I skip something in the middle here? Because, yeah, he just comes in and I guess he's like, I patrol these streets. I mean. It's New York in the 80s. Yeah. I think a quick fix for this would have been Frank saying something about, because there is the whole like decapitation serial killer thing. That's moving along here, right? Uh, okay. If if they had if Frank would have said like shit, we've got vigilantes and stuff out here now because of this serial killer, and it, it cut to him and he had like papers about the story and everything, you know, I think that could have been enough to justify like, all right, this is one of those guys Frank was talking about. Right. And we but, do see a lot of those headlines, I think, yeah. trying to emphasize that, but you're right, it's 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 a little unclear, but uh, maybe I've, I'm too familiar with the Punisher or something. I'm like, yeah. oh yeah, that's something that people do. <laughs> they're, they're they're Punishers. Come yeah. on. I do think it's cool though the way that they cut in, or they reveal that uh, what's his name and the Kurgan are fighting, like that it's already mm-hmm. it's like mid fight. Right. I think that's a cool yeah. like you know no country sort of reveal. 
also with all the vigilante stuff, like the Kurgan could have looked over at this guy and said, I'm not wearing hockey pads. <laughs> Bong. Favorite Christopher Nolan, Josh? Favorite Christopher Nolan? Um, Inception, maybe? I, I have to admit, I'm not a huge Chris Nolan fan. Man, me neither. <laughs> but I do. I like. I like. You know what? Maybe the Prestige. The Prestige might actually be my favorite. But uh, he's done some good stuff. I just am not really into his Batman movies, which is like, you know, you can't say that. But I don't think they're that good. You can say okay. that. Good thing I turned my. <laughs> good thing I turned my posters the other day. <laughs> I'm still. I'm still the uh, Batman '89 Tim Burton. That's like. That's my Batman. Love that Joker. <laughs> Ben Affleck is my guy. <laughs> All right. He drives by an alley uh, and he sees Kurgan and Castigar fighting. This veteran moves in with uh, automatic weapons and starts asking what the fuck is going on. Uh, just then Kurgan takes the upper hand, swings and chops Castigar's head right off. To be fair, this is a canon movie from the 80s and they needed a way to figure out how to get an Uzi in here. So <laughs> like, that's true. Give him credit. Golan and Globus mandated. <laughs> uh, the veteran opens up fire on Kurgan, but uh, this does, doesn't go over well. Uh, he comes over to check on the body of Kurgan. He jumps out from behind him and sticks him straight through his stomach with the sword and lifts him up and throws him over. Um, and then all of a sudden, all of the... Uh, Guys, that would take a lot of strength. He's a big guy. Like He's... Seven feet tall, they say at one point, which did not seem to be the case to me, but they do say that. That's like Shaq strength. I bet Shaq could do that. <laughs> well, we'll cast him in the uh, the play. Yeah. Maybe oh, Cron- fuck yeah, Cronenberg's got to call Shaq. <laughs> yeah, Cronenberg's already in yeah. talks with. <laughs> if, if there's two people I've Ooh. always wanted to see work together, it's Brandon Cronenberg and Shaq. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <sighs> Making my dreams come true on this podcast. All right. Uh, Kurgan takes in all the power from killing another immortal. I'm not doing no cum shot, though. Wait. (laughs) How does that work, though? Whenever you kill, when a Highlander, or sorry, when an immortal gets killed, do all the other existing ones gain power, or is it only the one that beheads him? I don't know if this is a gently the one sort of situation where the pa- like the balance like it spreads out. I think it's specific to the immortal that kills them. Okay. Yeah, and that could be one reason why Kurgan seems like he's so much more powerful because he's clearly made mm-hmm. it his purpose to go kill all the other immortals while Connor is just like chilling and collecting antiques. Yeah. <laughs> Although it would be cool if like just randomly you're like mid thrust with a woman and then you just like get a quickening you know and you're like ah oh, shit somebody just gathered you know sure you I scream was, that out yeah I was gonna make a joke of uh, yeah you can collect heads sure but uh, these smashed pennies are going places yep all right uh that's got to be the worst inside joke to try to dump on Josh. Yeah. Sorry. 
Okay, let's move past was, that I was one. I hoping just, he would just listen just, to the one episode where Smash Pennies came. No, I thought past. it was related to like I, the collecting things and holding them for five hundred years, and then they would be valuable. Maybe, but works. Dan <laughs> right. has been trying to push Smash Pennies on us for some time now. Ah, uh, Josh lives in Vegas. You know how many Smash Pennies probably around there that he can get? Yeah, oh, there okay. are a lot. I I used to love those when I was a kid, and I would go to like amusement parks and get them or something. I don't have any anymore though. All right. If you send you Dan, start back. If you send Dan a Smash Penny, he'll send you a sword and <laughs> a metal detector. So, some sort of weird chain letter thing going on here. Mm-hmm. Uh, all these people they start watching Kurgan get all this power. Uh, fucking explosions going on. Windows are breaking everywhere. Uh, wild shit. An old couple pulls up. Uh, oh, he's. He steals their car. Uh, he takes this old lady for a spin. He rips the fucking roof off and pulls dad out. Mom? <laughs> uh, we cut to the hospital. The police are investigating. Uh, Don't blow pet- over the fact that the woman ends up on the hood of the car <laughs> for, for, a ride. Uh, for a good, what, uh, 30, 40 seconds they hold on that shot of that stunt lady cruising down. These wet New York roads. The movie's fucking weird, man. I love it. Don't they also run over a guy on a bicycle at one point? No, or- that's later. Okay. That's later. Um, they investigate the veteran who shot Kurgan. Uh, they show him some pictures of Connor, and they say, is this the guy? Uh, he says no. And he starts telling his story. Then he's like, I got to also tell you guys something else. And it kind of, you can't hear him say it. I'm, I'm not sure what that was about, but we've seen it, dude. I uh, thought he was he, telling him about the the quickening. Yeah, yeah I, I think, think that was so the idea. Too, it's like, right, we've seen it all. We don't need to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, why did you cut away from him describing that? That just to make it more dramatic, I guess. Uh, we cut to a very important uh, moment here where the cops are getting a hot dog it's a hot dog movie um we cut to brenda at the library looking up some info about nash she meets up with a computer tech here who uses some computer system that makes absolutely no fucking sense but he figures out something about connor's name no, it examines Con- all of his signatures from time and combines them and can can tell that it's the exact same handwriting. Yeah, the, <laughs> the signature is the bottom exist. one. Yeah, but the they took all of his pre- Nash. They took all of his previous signatures and composite that and they're like that's his exact signature. Right. But that technology definitely did not exist in 1986. Nope. It, it did in canon movies. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so this guy figures this out and he's like the dude you're looking for, he's been around since the 1700s and faking his death. Um, she doesn't believe him. And he's taking other people's names as well and just doing what a fucking immortal is doing. Uh, we cut to a church where Connor is lighting a candle for Heather. He may do this year. He, f- he set his alarm. Uh, Kurgan shows up. What if he Tab- had lit like three candles and we were supposed to take that that like... 
<laughs> oh, he had bled. like two other wives. Shit. Yeah, or two other right. wives, or he forgot the last two years. Like shit. All the wives have the same birthday, maybe. Same yeah. death day. Or he just he just designates one day as like wife day and just lights all the candles on that day to make it more efficient. Mm-hmm. It's like, all right, I gotta light the candles. I'm gonna listen to Coldplay all day. And it'd be a day. Uh Kurgan shows up, <laughs> he starts slapping out the candles and just making a scene in this church. Uh holy he tap. <laughs> Taps Connor on the shoulder, says that uh, he pretty much killed uh, Castigar, and they're the only two immortals left. Uh, he's su- Kurgan's supporting a brand new style here. He kind of looks like a punk rock Terminator almost, um, shaved head. He's got safety pins along his scar on his neck. He looks great. Uh I'm in disguise, he says, right? Yeah, this is a new disguise. I'm in uh, disguise. Connor asks what he wants. Your head. Uh, Ramirez's blade didn't hit you deep enough, says uh, Connor. Kurgan states that he raped Ramirez's woman, uh, which was Heather, and Kurgan knows that now. Connor or Heather was Connor's woman and not Ramirez's. Uh, Kurgan Ter- and Connor. Terrible news to find out anytime, but especially on candle lighting day for all your <laughs> wives. How many years later? Uh, Kurgan and Connor call each other out. Uh, they throw some insults at each other. Connor says he'll be outside and walks out. Uh, we get a clergyman. He confronts Kurgan and tells him that he's being disrespectful in the house of God. Kurgan says, Father, forgive me for I am a worm. And licks this clergyman's hand. Uh, and as he's leaving, he says, It's better to burn out than fade away. Uh, Kurt Cobain. Uh, we got a quick cut to Brenda busting Connor out about his real life at the antique shop. Connor takes Brenda up to his apartment and explains that he is an immortal. He was born in 1589. Uh, he makes her stab him to show that he can't die. Did you guys notice Ramirez's outfit mm-hmm. in the, the like, uh, peacock yes. feathers? Yeah, and his hat and shit too. I've never noticed that on previous watches. It was my wife that pointed that out, by the way. Well, it's the beautiful Blu-ray that <laughs> delivers that crystal clear I image. On, mm-hmm. I have it on 4K. Ooh. Um, and then, uh, we had the pound town guys. They get it all. Yeah. Um, after stabbing them, I guess <laughs> I it's only know. fair. Everybody's got their thing. Quid pro quo. Yeah, just, just seems She's like into swords. He finally found the thing she was super into and it's yeah. stabbing people. Penetration both ways. I think is mm-hmm. what she's this looking is, for. Right. This is some daddy Cronenberg crimes <laughs> of the future shit here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ah, we get a quick cut to Connor telling Brenda it's not going to work out between them. (laughs) Typical guy. Uh, Then we... I got a lot going on at work, and (laughs) (laughs) there's this this Kurgan guy, and... This all takes place at the zoo in New Orleans from cat people, apparently, because these tigers are 
no way. This zoo was five times as big as the <laughs> New Orleans <laughs> bins. He's trying to let her down easy. He's taking her to a fun little place to go. Mm-hmm. You know. He's got to recharge. I bet they went to brunch, you know, and <laughs> let's walk that off. Yeah. Give her a little nice memory to send her off mm-hmm. with. Loosen her up with a few mimosas and break, her, her break it off easy. Yeah. Uh, Kurgan shows up in the background as this is going on. Uh, we cut to Brenda. She's back at her place being harassed by Kurgan. Uh, he breaks through her Great, door. Fucking awesome shot. Like of her of, running of when Kurgan comes in. Yeah, like the the wide angle on that Steadicam, I thought was was awesome. Yeah, we got colors going on all throughout this apartment. It's just a fucking music video, pretty much. Uh, he kidnaps her. He does some very aggressive driving through the streets of New York. Uh, this cron where they hit the biker. They also, I think, they run over a dude. Oh. You know that guy on the bike was just trying to get a pizza over to the sewer for the turtles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, we really was already had 27 minutes. Ninja Turtles versus Highlander, right? That would have been a classic. Oh, shit. If they get called, that would have been badass. Turtles v. Highlander v. Paul Kersey <laughs> would be the, <laughs> the way to go. Yeah. Yeah, my money's on Bronson. If the Highlander opera we have in mind takes off, that'll be part two. <laughs> Get the kids in there. Uh, we, yeah, they're going through the streets of New York. We finally, uh, well, Kirkin's having the time of his life. Got some great shots here. We finally end up at Silver Cup Studios. And I love that he fucking like points at Yeah, he's like, that. that's, he's calling that's a where shot. we're going. Yep. Uh, originally, they were going to have the uh, climactic end of this movie take place on the Statue of Liberty. Oh. It then went to, I believe, a nightclub, and then they ended up on the the rooftop of of Silver Cup Studios. Uh, Brenda finally passes out. We cut back to Connor's place here. It should have been on like Easter Island, right? Because they got all those big heads. Like, it would have been, like... That's a long way from New York It would have been poetic, you know? (laughs) You can't... They they can't get the rights for that, no. It's too dangerous to those heads. They could have just built some foam ones, I suppose. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Fuck. We cut back to Connor's place. He's listening to the tape of Kurgan talking about Brenda. She's screaming... I know she had the tape recorder at her house, but it's how an did answering she... machine? It's is an it? answering machine which used oh. to have tapes in them. Fuck! Because I was like, how the fuck did Connor get this tape? Because I was like, maybe it was a tape recorder. I was like, what? what? This doesn't make any sense to me. Thank you, Josh. <laughs> you, you I just knew for... there was a reason. Yeah. That's what I'm here for. Antiquated technology. Right, I remember antiquated technology. I remember this, Yeah, but I I didn't put that together at all. I was like, how the fuck did he get this tape? Did he send it to him or some shit? Finally, the one plot hole of Highlander has been (laughs) smoothed over. (laughs) Uh, All right, he's listening to the tape. She's screaming. Connor heads out to save Brenda. Uh, Him and Rachel have a moment here. 
uh, he pretty much says like, Hey, I got to leave you behind. Uh, she's like, you're not coming back. So he says goodbye to her. Uh, we got to Connor. He arrives at silver cup. He could, he arrives right on the roof. Apparently he's checked the place. Thank you for not letting us walk through that whole place. Brenda's tied to a sign. Connor goes up to save her. And down comes Kurgan and the fight is on boys. Uh, they fight back and forth. We get the sweetest fucking zip line shot I've ever seen in my life. All of a sudden, <laughs> uh, Kurgan just starts just chopping away at this fucking, the legs of this sign and it starts falling letter by letter. Uh, Connor's still attacking. Letters start falling. Uh, the water tower goes down as well. So it floods and they continue to fight. What a set piece guys. Uh, Connor disappears into the water. So does Kurgan. Connor does his best apocalypse now. Pops up. But so does Kurgan and the fight is on. Uh, this goes on to the last letter falls, which has Brenda on it. It falls. She hangs over the side of the building. But of course she gets back out of that. Uh, these two continue to battle and they fall through. He should have put her on the first letter. <laughs> Right. Done with, right? Well, yeah. do they fall? Do they fall in like order? I think they fall sort of randomly, and it just okay. Is, yeah. yeah, she just happens to be on the last one for dramatic effect. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, he he wanted her to fall on the first letter, but right. <laughs> shit. Why does he care? He's immortal. What about Brenda? Kurt, she's just she's bait to get yeah. Connor to show up. Yeah. Well, no, not. Not Kurgan, Connor. Why does he's, he care about Brenda? Because she could fall her. off the side of the building, he, and he's he needs to cut Kurgan's head off. That's what he needs to do. He loves yeah, he women. Wants, it's his yeah, one weakness, yeah. Dan. There's gonna be a million women. He's immortal. You're Not saying one. he should just let random people die. Yeah, our hero. I'm saying in the end, how much energy are you willing to waste? Also, she's like super into swords and shit. That's what he's all about. Yeah, dude. it's like, are you going to find him? <laughs> he's a- got her autograph. He's got her book. Found his dream girl. I mean, it's been a long time since Heather. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you really think he waited? He learned to love again, dude. Yeah. yeah. She's probably pregnant, wasn't she? <sighs> she cracked his armor. Dude. She can't be pregnant. He can't have kids. That's what mm-hmm. her stabbing him was. It was like the the poetic, like, she broke his armor. She was in now. Or it's one of those things where you find someone who has the same kinks as you, you know? And it's like, how rare mm-hmm. is that? <laughs> right? They're both into mm-hmm. the swordplay kink. Yeah. <laughs> you just can't stab me, Connor. <laughs> he knows that. He's <laughs> Yeah. He's been around. Stab you in a different way, baby. I know that now. Yeah. <laughs> Almost wife number two was Let's go to this let's go to this new art exhibit. A guy's having surgery done. Yeah, I stabbed a dozen women before I realized that they don't like that too much. Hey, you can't admit that on here. I'm doing a character bit, dude. Oh, okay. It's relative. Right. Don't isolate All right. that. All right, All keep right. going. We're at the end. All right. Josh is getting Nancy. We're almost done. <laughs> Suddenly, both of these guys fall through the roof into the building below to a warehouse, and this uh, duel continues. Kurgan tries to get the death blow on Connor, uh, but Brenda smacks him with a lead pipe because she followed him in. 
Uh, Connor interjects as he's swinging the sword on Brenda with his sword. It's the one that Brenda's always wanted to see. She's kind of impressed, like, oh, shit, that's it. The sword duel continues. Once again, Connor gets some body shots in. It weakens Kurgan, and he finally decapitates him, which is a pretty fucking sweet shot. We kind of zoom right in on him, and he falls back. Pretty nice. Um, it Connor looks great look- against that, that Michael Mann blue window. I, yeah, Mike- everything everything in this movie looks great. Yeah. Michael Mann might disagree with that. <laughs> if it's blue, it's Michael Mann. Okay. All right. I'll send you the cease and desist. Um, Connor looks directly at us and says there can only be one. And then the quickening takes hold of him. The ultimate quickening, right? Yeah, we, we get some gnarly-ass image. It looks look like a 1992 Metallica video, almost. Uh but it finally releases Connor. They got some cool shit in there, like the hand grabbing his head, and we get some yeah. head exploding. And like I said, it's pretty fucking sweet. And you got that voiceover with him, like, I know everything. I am everything. Like, like trying to kind of cap it. Like, all right, that's what all of this was about. Right, because mm-hmm. the prize is very, very vague. Like, what is the prize? Are they going to get, like, a little stuffed animal there at the end? And it's... <laughs> It's like some kind of awareness. It's like the thing with the stag, but like for everything, mm-hmm. I guess. It just seems like a kind of a shitty prize, really. All right. We cut to Connor and Brenda. They're in Scotland where it all began. Uh, they talk about the future. Ramirez butts in and gives some knowledge and advice to Connor. Connor tells her that what he got, the gift is he can help. He can hear the thoughts of doctors, politics, and he can help them figure stuff out, I guess. The ending monologue of this is basically how every Neil Breen movie starts. (laughs) (laughs) Neil Breen, Las Vegas legend. Oh, that's true. Yep. I I have emailed Neil Breen and been denied to interview him. Oh, what a bummer, dude. What the fame go to his head like that? Was it a was it a polite? decline or was it a i mean he's very much like it was like my movie is doing all of these important things so i don't need to do an interview kind of thing like you know he's very full of himself but uh before he was like weirdly famous i reviewed one of his movies because he was just some crazy dude in las vegas and it was of course a very bad movie and i gave it a bad review and i think maybe that made him less inclined to want to uh speak to me but uh oh yeah neil (laughs) i know a lot too much. More than I want to know about Neil Breen and his movies, really. <laughs> oh, that always comes back to him. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, Brenda and Connor kiss. End credits. My dude's Highlander from 1986. It was released March 7th of 1986. It had a budget of $19 million, a box office return of 128 was a stinker did very well in europe not very well in the u.s gregory winden is the screenwriter he did this at a screenwriting undergrad class at ucla um i think in his original version the highlander could have kids and there were a few things he had 27 i believe and i think there were some scenes where he went to some of his kids funerals and stuff like that depressing uh, car batteries were 
strapped to the actor's legs to make the sword spark. <laughs> that sounds safe. Yeah. That was from the director that said that. And I was like, that's fucking crazy. But they said by the third take, the sword would be so fucking hot that you couldn't even touch it. And I was like, how would they move their fucking leg? But I, I might have been a smaller battery. Oh, I, All right. I heard a little thing with the writer um, where he was just kind of like, well, I don't love what they did with it. But at the same time, it's like, you know, every movie, every TV show, they got to cut that dude a check. So he's just kind of like, hey, Highlanders let me live for like, you know, one screenplay, basically. Yeah, that was his undergrad thesis. I mean, that's amazing. He said it was crazy that it went that far when it was just... I think he wrote The Prophecy as well. That was his other big one. Um, Kurt Russell was the first choice for this movie. His wife told him not to do it. And instead, he got cast in some piece of shit, small-ass movie that didn't make any fucking money called Big Trouble in Little China. Uh, yeah, loser movie week what he could have had what he could have had uh we covered all the queen stuff they did the soundtrack um dan and that yes so this was a home video hit though right oh yeah that's what prompted the sequel and okay so this was uh when i was a kid i walked into the room and seen the decapitation and the Madison Square Garden parking lot because my cousins had rented this. And I was like, what is this? They're like, you've never seen Highlander? I was like, I'm like eight. Like, <laughs> probably supposed to be watching this. And yeah, that was always, we would always run Highlander. So. Yeah. I don't know why I never saw it like that because I was all into that. This is the kind of thing that I would have loved. And I was, I would have been like, uh, six or seven when this came out. So by the time it was big on home video, this would have been like my prime, uh, you know, thing, but I don't know how I missed it. And I, instead I watched like inferior takes on the same kind of concept. So, yeah. uh, I need to go back in time and show this to my like 10 year old, 11 year old self. It was probably always checked out, Josh. I mean, that's great. Yeah. I can never <laughs> find it at the video store. <laughs> But gentlemen, that's all I have for Highlander. Does anybody have anything else? Final thoughts or anything? I got nothing. I I mean, I think we're going to cover Highlander too, so I will not spoil. <laughs> I think we what kinda, they have to do to get Connery back. We kind of glossed over it, but I thought one of the funniest scenes in this entire movie was when Frank, who's like the head detective, uh huh. He, like, steps over a body at one point and just spills his coffee all over it. <laughs> He's not very good. I mean, also, Brenda is able to very, very easily fool him into leaving his confidential files unattended so she yeah. can look at them and get info about Connor. Cron, when you said head detective, I was thinking of the In Living Color Damon Wayne sketch. <laughs> A classic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, I we've said a lot of, uh, there's a lot to mock here, but I really do think this is just like a visually, like I, Russell Mulcahy's career is spotty, but this movie looks amazing. And the combination of that and the Queen music, it's just like so much fun to watch. 
and even as ridiculous as it, as it is, it's it's just like super entertaining. So I was glad to get to watch it again for you guys. All right. All right. Well, we're going to move in to Rate My letterbox. Rate My Box. It's an internationally famous game here on the 5 Day Rails podcast. Um, Josh, all we do for this game is we're going to guess each other's letterboxed rating for mm. Highlander. Okay. And we're going to say our own and kind of just give a little review of yeah. why we rated it that. But we say after. our own after. Yeah, after you've yes, guessed. <laughs> Got it. Okay. Do I have to phrase it in the form of a question? No. Okay. No, but you can't curse. Okay. You, fuck, you fucking curse all you want. Okay. <laughs> all right. I will start. Uh, Dan, I'm going to give you a 3.5. Karan, a 3.5. Josh, I'm going to give you a 4. All right. Bones, 3.5. Dan, 3.5. I'm going to go Josh, 3.5. 3.5s all around. Is Josh. it my turn? Oh, so oh yeah. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> I don't know what, what order we're doing this in here. Okay. All right. Well, I let's see. Uh, Bones, I'll guess uh, I'll guess a 3.5 for you as well. Kron, you're wearing the cannon shirt, so I feel like you're gonna give it a maybe a, give it a four. And and I'll go with three point five for Dan, but I'm a newbie at this game, so you got to be mm-hmm. uh, you know lenient with me. Our guests always do very well on this game. <laughs> Great, now it's just setting me up for failure. <laughs> All right, Kron, uh, Kron, oh, I'll do a three point five. Josh, I'm going to do a three point five. Um, I think I'm going Bones with a four. Bones, please expose yourself. I will expose myself, Dan. Thank you for picking Highlander. Uh, Thank you for picking a Sean Connery movie for this. You're welcome. uh, The Bond is Not Enough, where we talk about the other movies featuring famous Bond actors. Uh, I had this originally at a 3.5 when I watched this last year. I think actually one of the times that Dan came by my house, I think it was when you were going to the Rolling Stones concert with Chad. That day you stopped by, you mocked me for having just watched. I think Highlander was literally paused when you came over. Um, I think that interruption skewed my original letterbox rating because this thing bumped up for me. Uh, I, I loved the just seeing a movie where men swung swords and there was lightning for no reason and the score is incredible. And this is just... This is a fun family uh, f- flick, man. It reminded me a lot of my youth with my mom watching weird-ass stuff. Uh, I'm going to go four. All right. All right, guys. Uh, I thought Highlander was super entertaining. I mean, you've got a French guy who doesn't know English as your main character. You've got Sean Connery, who should be playing the Scottish guy as an Egyptian Spaniard. I mean, there's just so much off-the-wall stuff in this that it's like pure entertainment in a way. Like, it doesn't really matter what the plot is doing at any certain point because 
it's always moving forward and it's always fun. Um, and I do think it's a movie that like doesn't take itself that seriously, which really works in its favor. Um, but I don't, I mean, last week we watched live wire, which was 85 minutes. Um, I do like just looking for things to ding on this movie. I do feel like it's over long, like, it kind of overstays its welcome. The point of like a good uh, B movie is like you're in and you're out. Like, you, you, you know, you don't ever have a chance to get bored. Um, but I don't know, man. Like the Queen soundtrack, the weird heavy metal stoner vibes to this thing. Like there's just so much to enjoy. Um, 3.5. So my turn. Yes, mm-hmm. sir. Yes, sir. All right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think Kron, everything that you said is, is, is accurate. And, um, but I, like I was saying before, it's just super, super fun to watch. It does remind me of, even though I didn't watch it as a kid, it reminds me of my childhood bones. Like you're saying, like the kind of thing that I would or should have watched back then that I did watch. Um, it is extremely silly. Um, and it is a little overlong and, and I just in general am kind of stingy with the stars on Letterboxd. Um, so I gave it a 3.5, uh, which for me is a, is a good, is a high rating for something. All right, guys. Uh, this is fucking metal. I fucking love it. Uh, it's just a music video for damn near almost two hours. Uh, you got everything. You got decapitations. You got a porish driving fast. You got hey, s- boobs. Do, I'm going to give fighting. you the opportunity to correct that pronunciation. <laughs> porish? You could go with Porsche or Porsche, but probably not porish. porish. Midwest over here. Okay, leave me a shut up during my review. Jesus. Why do I do this every week? Um, but yeah, dudes, I love it. Um, is it long? Yeah, I, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> the acting isn't the best, but fucking, you got a villain here that is top, top fifty villain of all time, dude. Like this is what made his fucking career. That guy, Mister Brown. Um. Yeah, dude. This is a four for me. I love wow. it. Wow. It's, it's a rare. It's super rare. It's rare that I give a four, but, you know, we got we got Josh Bell here with us tonight. It's a great night. Come on. Highlander, guys. Wow. Yeah. Josh, I rarely. Uh, yeah, like I mean, I, I do too, but I, you know, I, some people are handing those out all the time. No, you know, I, fo- right. I follow people on, on Letterboxd who give you know, hundred five star ratings a year or something like that. I don't. That's I don't wild. Get it. Yeah, I try to be pretty nice. I start every movie to me is a three because it's just a miracle that a movie gets made. So I'm pr- I'm pretty kind. Uh, Josh, uh, you got a one point five, but the the judges have come back and said that you actually did win. Okay. You so I'll you won, you won the game. So good. What what do I get for winning? A sword? Uh, we'll send you Dan will send you some merch or something. We'll send you some Ra- it'll it'll be wrapped up in the tube with the sword. Yeah. All right. I don't need anything. I just have the the joy of participating. <laughs> yep. I'll ask for an address in an email in a few weeks. Don't worry. <laughs> all right. For real. Sounds good. 
All right, guys, I've crunched the numbers. Uh, Highlander would end up at number 16 on our big list of films. <laughs> this would be right yes. below Prey at 15 and right above The Lawnmower Man at 17. You guys really like The Lawnmower Man. Oh, huh? have you seen The Lawnmower Man? It's I mean, incredible. I think I saw it when I was 12 or whatever. That's, oh, you got to rewatch it. That's not true. It. No. Number 17 should be Livewire. No, Livewire was below Lawnmower, Lawnmower Man. Man yeah. And Highlander just moved above, so it pushed oh, the okay. rest of the oh, list gosh. down. Yeah. Thought there was controversy there. Never mind. No, no, no. No, this is a very s- statistically driven spreadsheet, Dan. <laughs> anyway, to continue about Lawnmower Man. <laughs> I enjoyed it way more than I should have. Yeah, it's that's what I'll say. <laughs> Maybe I'd like it if I revisited it. I was such a, I was such a huge Stephen King fan that I like resented how they did him dirty with that film. Even when I was twelve, I knew that they had uh, exploited him. So uh, maybe if I could move past that, I would enjoy well, it. The whole backstory on that is incredible because it's like they made the movie, and Stephen King basically said, "No, you got to take my name off this." And at every iteration of it, like. When it finally went to theaters, they were like, how about we put your name on it? And he was like, no. It went to DVD. They were like, let's put your name on it. He kept saying no. I think he like sued them several times because they just kept putting Stephen King's The Lawnmower Man on like everything. Yeah. What's the worst he's going to do? Sue? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> Yeah, we've already got one lawsuit with them. <laughs> yeah. Well, hell. Crown, we'll do scores later. Let's get let's let Josh go. All right. Josh, you uh thank you for joining us. You've definitely earned your plug. Please once again tell everybody where they where they can find you. Uh you can find me at uh joshbellhateseverything.com, although there's not a whole lot there anymore. Also at Josh Bell Hates Everything on Facebook, at Signal Bleed on Twitter and on Letterboxd. And you can check out Awesome Movie Year at awesomemovieyear.com, Awesome Movie Year on Facebook and Instagram, and Awesome Movie Pod on Twitter. Hell yeah, man. We'll definitely be listening. Um, Thanks for joining us, man. This was huge, man. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much. Good time. Awesome. Glad to do it. All right, guys. That was Highlander from 1986, coming in at number 16 spot on the big list. Very special guest, Josh Bell. Thanks for joining us. Uh, like I said, go check his show out. It's fucking great. Um, gentlemen, we're ready to uh, find out what Cron Howard has to bring to the table here for The Bond Is Not Enough. Uh, so all I have to say is thank you for letting me take it through Highlander and Crash and Burn. Crash and Burn. Crash and Burn. All right. Welcome back, everybody, to the Five Day Rentals podcast. This is the after shower segment. We just finished going through Highlander. An incredible film that Dan brought us for the bond is not enough. It's that time to figure out what the last movie is going to be for this category. 
Kron, before we get too far, we need to do this exit interview or oh. this like little check checklist that I got. Okay. So so we had we had an actual film reviewer on the show. Mm-hmm. So I came up with this little thing just like as a just as like a training, right? So I got this little I got some, a questionnaire, if you will, for lack of a better word, that I thought maybe we could go through and then we could like kind of assess ourselves. So uh number one, Dan kept his pants on. I right? yes. true or false. I, so he did, I didn't. Okay. So. That's okay. So okay. we'll leave that one blank. We'll leave that one blank. All right. Question two. Kron took his pants. Okay. So all mm-hmm. right. This yep. this balances itself out. So you, you took your pants off. Um Dan mispronounced a word. <laughs> several. <laughs> several. Okay. Porish. Porish. Okay. <laughs> I'm eating a bowl of porridge. Um, all right. Porridge. We're at number four here. Bones was reluctant to do any impressions in front of Josh. Yep, that was true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that should have yeah, been a. That should have been did a Connery once. Yeah, a little bit, but I'm not oh. remotely. I was yeah. not remotely. I was so. You know, he dipped in. He could have done twenty minutes easy. <laughs> yeah. That's true. So that's a that's a fail. Um, Kron wears a shirt to throw off uh, our votes. Yeah, you wore a yep. Canon yep. sweatshirt to the record mm-hmm. that threw us off. Okay, and finally, we didn't say anything that would get us canceled. I don't think so. Dan did talk about letting the woman die. Mm-hmm. Only time will tell how. Okay, <laughs> offensive will be in the lens of history. Our guest did bring up a lady fucking a sword. I think we, I think I started it and then he kind of went with it. Like we might have mm-hmm. pressured him into it. Yeah, we pushed him into that bit. Yeah. So <laughs> into that I would say, I would it. say if we get canceled, Josh is exempt from okay. any cancellation. So according to this, we failed. If I plug the numbers here. So, hey, we'll do better next time. You're too good tonight. Okay. I mean, last week you did say a woman was chewing bubble gum with her vagina, so... I never said chewing. I just said that that's where the gum was. He said it fell out of there. Yeah. So... That shouldn't get you canceled. Some women got that... What's that uh, teeth thing where they got... uh, Mm -hmm. That's a a whole different movie. Just teeth. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of movies. All right, guys. Uh, Before I announce the title of this movie, I would just like to uh, recap. I mean, listen, Highlander 16 on the big list, Livewire 18 on the big list. Uh, Hard position to be in. I mean, these both of these movies high up. Uh, And also, Bones took Brosman. And mm-hmm. Dan, that's not how you pronounce it. Dan took Connery. I mean, I, I, I feel like I'm up against the wall a little bit. You know, it, it, the bar has been set so high with this category. And I'm left with the the dregs, the Woody Allens, if you will, of the Bond universe. And here I am having to pick a movie with the scraps that are left. But guys... I think I might have found something. I 
I don't think it's going to land anywhere nearly as high on the list as these last two movies. But the Bond I selected is George Lazenby. Bones, you got a favorite Lazenby Bond you want to mention? Mm. Oh, there's so many to choose from. Give the listener one. Okay. May, the, okay, the one that comes to mind is Honor Majesty's Secret Service. Which, as you know, was the one that he did. It's the only one he did. He did it in between Connery's uh, You Only Live Twice and Diamonds Are Forever, where Connery basically set the precedent that if you pay me enough money, I will be in your movie. And that sort of leads to how he's in Highlander, right? So. All right, guys. Uh, enough beating around the bush here. The movie I have selected is from 1986, and it is called Never Too Young to Die. Now, this movie is starring John Stamos, Vanity, and Gene Simmons. Fourth bill would be George Lazenby. Uh, does Stamos play like a kid spy or kid secret agent or something? Yeah, he's kind of like a kid Bond in a way. Um, okay. But it's also a very... I watched probably 20 minutes of this in preparation. Um, and it looked weird as hell. So <laughs> this is what we're going to do. Uh Never too young to die. Streaming anywhere? It is on Amazon with like ads with, I, I think it's through freebie. Like freebie. Yeah. Uh, but you can watch it there. Okay. It's got Robert England in it too. Oh yeah. I didn't make Why it have, far enough in to see what he's doing, but I did see some Simmons. We've seen Robert England since Strangeland. Uh, might might have not. Damn. <clears throat> Great pick, Kron. Thank you. You guys both tried to uh, separately put your thumbs on the scale of this selection, but I ignored all recommendations <laughs> and pulled a fastball. So here you go. All right. I love Come. it and I respect it. Mm-hmm. I can't wait. Seems right up my alley. Staying in 86. Mm-hmm. So join right. us next week for Never Too Young to Die. And until then, uh, just lay back and let the quickening happen. <laughs> uh, how about... Uh, Oh, it's better to burn out than to fade away. There can only be one.